This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday, September 22nd. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. On Monday, Delaware State Police and the FBI announced more than two dozen arrests in connection with a crackdown on a major drug organization operating in the state. The 28 defendants are now charged with 252 felonies, including criminal racketeering, conspiracy, drug dealing, and more. Law enforcement officials say the organization was run by Luis Renteria, who has properties in Delaware and Philadelphia. Officers executed 31 search warrants during their investigation, which began back in February of 2018. They recovered at least $5 million worth of heroin, <laughs> cocaine, and fentanyl. Wow. Include, uh, included in these results was the largest fentanyl seizure by Delaware law enforcement in the state's history, making a major dent in the supply of fentanyl that would have been distributed on the streets in Delaware and surrounding er- areas, said Jennifer Boone, special agent in charge of the FBI's Baltimore field office. Alone, the quantity of fentanyl seized could have killed thousands and thousands of people. Authorities say the seizure, they seized enough fentanyl to kill three quarters of the state's population. It was enough fentanyl to kill 750,000 Delawareans. I say, so I just don't understand the reasoning and um maybe it's not the reasoning but the uh behind fentanyl like you're killing off your clientele do you know what i mean like the well if it's the more you lace it the more likely your clientele is to die off yeah yeah Unless there should be fentanyl light. Right. (laughs) Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that's so potent it has surpassed heroin as the leading cause of overdoses. It's incredible. Authorities say the uh, Renteria drug organization tentacles stretched across the country, including an alleged stash house in Philadelphia. Sources sources say that the supplies were found in numerous states, including California, Pennsylvania, and Florida. Multiple weapons were also recovered. Uh, He faces up to 30 years in prison if convicted. The investigation is ongoing, but officials said Monday this affects Effectively, amount, uh, effectively amounts to the dismantling of a major drug organization that terrorized the city of Wilmington. Isn't the the thing, though, Case, and you'd mentioned this before, that with fentanyl, it doesn't matter. Like, they'll see, like, junkies will see somebody get OD on something. And they'll flock they to where they got Oh, it. that yeah. must be good stuff. Yeah, they'll flock to it's wherever that yeah. they got that stuff. Yep. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. The search for a missing paraglider in Chester County is set to resume in a few hours. A large search effort from the air and on the ground near a wooded area in Callum Township was underway Monday night for a possible uh, drown- possible downed paraglider. Crews began to search uh, about 8 o'clock last night in the 200 block of Reeseville Road. According to the Chester County Department of Emergency Services, emergency crews searched for the missing person in the area of the Brandywine Hospital. So far, no one has been found. Crews scoured the dark wooded area and nearby field with flashlights Monday night. The searchers suspended their search at about 1.30 in the morning, saying conditions were too dark to continue in the thick wooded area. They plan to regroup and continue to search uh, this morning at 9 a.m. So, Kath, I guess they knew, someone knew of someone who went out paragliding and reported that they didn't return? There must have been some sort of report. Um, because they they said that it was the para, the uh, I guess actual paraglide um, was a dark colored so like they knew that they were looking for a dark color so so there had to yeah. have been some okay. sort of report. Re- report. Rather than, I wasn't sure if it was somebody saw so one I, go down yeah. or right. somebody knew somebody was out paragliding and haven't heard from. Or they were since. overdue. Yeah, yeah, because that would then you'd be like, where the hell do we start looking? You know, uh, are we talking a motorized vehicle? Yes. Yeah, yeah, right, paragliders. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so I, I believe so. Right, it, like like a hang glider, a hang glider with an engine, essentially. Right, yeah. 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 Uh, Chuck sees one of those guys like every morning, right outside of here. I, I'm surprised we haven't. seen. Oh really? Yeah, I'm surprised because I, I guess maybe he leaves. That's from, Bill like, Weston. The, the pl- uh, oh story, my god. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, hey, Belmont Plateau. I can see my home. You look like ants from up here. Do you see a lot of them, Case? No, I, yeah. I, I, well, I didn't see any. Yeah. Chuck did. Uh, How high up do they go? Pretty high up. I mean, he, yeah, when he comes in here, he'll, he'll show you a picture he took. I mean, the, yeah. But he had seen the guy setting up many, many times, and then finally, finally saw, saw the guy in the air. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a uh, yeah. It is a, the mechanized. Right. Uh, it looks like a giant. You know, really wide parachute, and then they have a. A mechanism behind him that propels him. I think that in in some areas you can do it without that. You know, like when you're going sure. off mountain ranges and things along those lines. I've, I've I've always sort of of all of those things, and I check my um, you know, a comfortability level with those. The powered ones always seem to be like, oh, I could maybe do that. <laughs> That's yeah. the one my dad did in Colorado last year. I showed you guys oh, oh, the yeah? video. Yeah, and uh, oh, that he, he didn't tell your mom about, right? That he didn't tell my mom. Right. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to go out and do something cool for himself, and so he went paragliding. Um, but Casey, if you're flying around in the city in one of those bad boys, do you have to register with the FAA or anything well, like I that? I bet you like, there's places you can't go. There's restricted yeah. flying areas. Even if he's it's just that. going over the plateau, like he's just doing that that general okay. area over there. I just there. think like helicopters might sure. be in the same path as you at some point. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I know that the ones, uh, Steve, sometimes they can hit these things called thermals, and they can shoot way up high. Yeah, you got to know you really get out of control. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for the altitudes, uh, Kath. I don't see anything exactly. How high they, yeah, how they, but, high but apparently they can you can go pretty damn high. So. A dive team will also be brought in to search a lake in the area. Anyone with information is asked to contact 911. Governor Tom Wolf will go through with a veto of a bill that would give school districts the sole ability to make decisions on sports, including whether and how many spectators to allow, he said Monday. The Wolf administration's gathering limits of 25 people indoors and 250 people outdoors applies to youth sports. But legislation that cleared the state, House and Senate would empower schools to make their own rules about the number of spectators permitted at games. Some families are irritated at the statewide limit, saying attendance could safely be expanded while still allowing for adequate physical distancing. Wolf said said at a news conference that state uh, statewide gathering limits need to be applied consistently to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. What about little league sports? I see I see them happening all the time. Lacrosse no, no. practice, so soccer is, practice. That's not PIAA. Yeah. That's those are leagues. Yeah. So these are these are schools government. I understand and this that, is also, but like this he, is also spectators. They're they're talking about spectators. So so sports are allowed to happen. Um but th- he's talking about people coming to watch the games. Okay. Yeah, so like in our school district, um they're they're gonna have the season, but you can't nobody's going to the games. Okay. Uh, except they might do like a senior night thing where the uh, just the seniors' parents, parents can come for one night and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania reported more than 150,000 confirmed virus infections and 8,000 deaths attributed to COVID-19. Wolf planned to veto the bill Monday, the last day he can do so before it automatically becomes law. The legislation would give a school district or private school sole authority to decide whether to conduct sports during the 2020-21 school year, including games, scrimmages, and other in-person extracurricular activities. It also gives them the power to determine safety protocols and crowd limits. In sports this morning... Bryce Harper was hitless in his return from back stiffness, and the Phils lost 5-1 to the Nationals last night in Washington. 
Phillies manager Joe Girardi was ejected in the third inning for arguing on center fielder Roman Quinn's behalf after Quinn was ejected for arguing balls and strikes with the home plate umpire. The loss dropped the Phillies back to 500 and hurt their playoff hopes. Harper said he'll play in the outfield for one game of today's doubleheader and, and be the designated hitter for the other. The third place Phillies who are trying to make it to the postseason for the first time since 2011 have six games left and dropped behind Cincinnati in the National League wildcard race. Aaron Nola gets the start in game one this afternoon and the first pitch is scheduled for 305. The Monday night football, Derek Carr threw three touchdown passes and the Las Vegas Raiders gave their new fans plenty to celebrate by beating the Saints 34-24. to The new $2 billion stadium in the desert held its first event following the Raiders' move from Oakland without any fans because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The NBA playoffs continue tonight with the L.A. Lakers. They'll look to go up three games to none over the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. Tip-off is set for 9 o'clock. And in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Tampa Bay Lightning scored three goals on four shots in less than four minutes in the first period and held on to win Game 2 over the Dallas Stars 3-2. to two. The series is now tied at one game apiece, and Game 3 is tomorrow night in Edmonton. And that is what I have for you this morning. All right, Kathy Romano, thank you very much. And uh, once again, welcome to Tuesday Morning with President Steve Show. If you're just getting up and moving, we should see some sunlight soon. I'm seeing a little bit of twilight as we uh, begin our day. It's going to be sunny today. Like I said, 73 the high, so just a, a little bit warmer. And then we'll hit 81 tomorrow, and we're going to be around 80 degrees all the way in through the weekend. So it's going to be nice. That is very nice. Otherwise, we'll be beginning on our uh, first day of fall. We have some guests on the program today. We will have the head coach of the Philadelphia Union, Mr. Jim Curtin, on the program. They are currently in second place in the conference. They're playing Cincinnati tomorrow night. And we found out something interesting about Jim, who grew up in the area, uh, and his connection to the Camp Out for Hunger. Yeah. We'll talk to him about that later on this morning. And we also have joining us Matthew Modine. He will be on the show to talk about Full Metal Jacket. They are, that's him, by the way. Uh, yeah, they are releasing it on 4K Ultra HD. And uh, so he's talking about it, which is fantastic. It's a masterpiece. Absolutely. Outstanding film. He's great. And, of course, we'll have to touch on some other points in his career, like Vision Quest. I think the last time he was on, he was on to discuss the release of Vision Quest. It might have been. On 4K, because I had notes for that. Yeah. yeah. And we got to talk Stranger Things. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about uh, with uh, Mr. Modine, so we'll do that later on today. Uh, keeping in mind a Tuesday tradition, we have a chance for you on a free tattoo. Man, the gal who uh, a gal who won recently... Did you see the picture of the tattoo she got? I did got not. From Floating World Tattoo Piercing. A $350 gift certificate apparently goes really far. Yeah. It's huge. Really? It's like her entire shoulder down oh, nice. her bicep. Wow. And it is a gorgeous piece of artwork. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's beautiful. Email you? The, yeah, she, I, I thought maybe the whole, the, I didn't check to see who all was CC'd on it. I thought you guys got it too, but I'll, I'll see if I can find it because it's, it was impressive. So... Um, uh, you can get yourself a pretty fancy schmancy tattoo. It'll look really snazzy. snazzy. Uh, That's a humdinger of a tattoo. Where'd you uh, get that, son? So, uh, all you have to do is text the word tattoo to 39333, and wow. you'll be in the running for it. And at some point this morning, we'll, uh, draw the, uh, winner and get a $350 gift certificate to you. Keep in mind, it has to be a Preston and Steve themed tattoo. And if you want to see some of the work of, uh, Floating World Tattoos, go to floatingworldtattoos.com. 
And check them out on Instagram at Floating World Tattoos. And of course, they're located at 1729 South Street I in Philadelphia. Check them over. I want to I wanted to get a cover over job done on my Gossip Girls tattoo on my back. Uh, okay. No, yeah, no, yeah. No, no. It's about time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's about time. It's it's looking it's, it, it looks ratty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to get a new one. <laughs> All right, so we have uh, these things and more taking pl- place. We hope that you'll uh, hang. Oh, oh, one more thing. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. The $1,000 we have yes. away on Thursday, and that is in conjunction with the new TV show on Fox 29 called I Can See Your Voice. And I tell you what, after the next segment, because I think that's around when we did it yesterday, I will give you the second question you'll need to answer on Thursday. There are three questions total. We gave away one yesterday. We're going to give away one today. And then one more tomorrow, and then you watch the show tomorrow night. Thursday morning, we'll ask you to answer the three questions. The person who does it correctly wins a grand. How about that? Boom. All right, so we're going to take a break, come back in a second, get into all of it. Entertainment Report and Stupid Question are coming up next. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Nobody likes a delay of game, and while there's been some uncertainty about this football season, Acme is happy to announce it's game on. So no matter what your game day's like, they've got everything you need to cheer the Eagles on. From snacks and party trays to beverages and fan gear, make it a season to remember. Acme, official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so the stupid question this morning uh, concerns uh, hatching birds. Hatching Ah. birds. Well, that's near and dear to our hearts. It's very near and dear to our heart. And Kathy's got a a follow-up story on her chicks. Uh, But we have a stupid question, and it's a family uh, prize, a family four-pack of tickets to Adventure Aquarium. And the question I have for you is, what color are flamingos when they hatch out of the egg? 215-263-WMMR. What color are flamingos? When they hatch out of the egg. Let's see if you know the answer. I'll go through some birthdays. Today is uh, September 22nd. Uh, Andrea Bocelli, the singer, is 62. He's blind, correct? He yeah. is blind. Yes. Yes. Opera uh, singer. And he climbed a mountain. He climbed, no, he? that was the gay, the gay guy. guy. I'm sorry. That's right. yeah. um, what's, the, what's the hit? There was a hit of his that became a monster hit across Pop radio. Do you remember that? What was that song? I, I know what you're talking about, and I, and I for the life got of me, got an Italian name. Do right. Not, do not remember it. It's a Spogazzi Zugatti. Zugatti. That's what it is. Fazagabu. I, I thought That's, it was beefaroni. Yeah, <laughs> that too. It's Fazagabu. That's what it translates. Yeah. It translates to beefaroni. How much do I love beefaroni? Uh, so Spogazzi He celebrates his 62nd birthday today. Uh, Joan Jed. Yes. Uh, turns yeah. 62 years old, same as Andrea Bocelli. Uh, we spoke to her a year or two ago, and it was right before, it was when the um, uh, the MMR barbecue was happening. She's great. Yeah, she was great. She's worthy of her legend. Yeah, it was a cool conversation with her. And the documentary that came out about her is awesome. Uh, is she is she from Long Island? I don't know what part of New York she's from. She's from New York, yeah, I yeah. believe so. I don't know, She, but she's got that, that accent. Got it, yeah. She's got that tough chick accent. Uh, but great musician, 62 years old today. Debbie Boone, oh. Pat Boone's daughter. You light up my life. Had a huge, huge hit with that song. It dominated in the late 70s. Uh, the movie star Dee Dee Khan. did. I think, does she sing the song in the movie? No. I, I, yeah, it's, it's just a theme song. Definitely Debbie yeah. Boone's. Yeah. Uh, she is 64 today. Uh, Sherry Belafonte, uh, daughter of Harry Belafonte. It's everybody's daughter's birthday yeah. today. Uh 
I always thought she was uh, pretty stunning. Yes. Uh, she is uh, an actress and 66 years old today. Bonnie Hunt, also an actress and a talk show host. Very talented. Bit, very yeah. funny. She's in the original Jumanji. Yeah, she is uh, the 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 girl. She's Robin Williams' daughter. Well, she is no, she's the adult. Um, I haven't seen that movie okay. in so long. You'd recognize her. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, I know who she is. I just don't remember in that movie. Yeah, uh, was she also in? Um, I think she was in the Green Mile. Didn't she play the 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 wife? The mouse? No, not the mouse. Oh, oh yeah, Mr. Jingles. She was the sick wife. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not the sick wife. She was Tom Hanks' wife. Yes. It's like, honey, we haven't done it four times since we were in our 20s. Yeah, he, yeah. he uh, cleans up his groin area. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> I love uh, John Coffey goes to him after uh, he comes back from that. And, and uh, he goes, was your missus, please? He goes, several times. <laughs> Bonnie Hunt is 59. Uh, Tommy Lasorda. Oh. oh, I hate Tommy Lasorda. I hate Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> I hate Tommy Lasorda. Uh, he is 93 years old Oh, today. my God. Yeah. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. What the hell is he up to? I don't know. Uh, he's Being cranky uh, somewhere. Not sure where he lives or <laughs> what he does with his time, but he's 93 today. David Coverdale. Wow, man. White Snake. Let's get real. Celebrates his 69th birthday today. When this album came out, it, I was a huge, huge fan of uh, White Snake because they had taken this, um, this kind of... It wasn't full glam metal, but it was pretty damn close to it, and they even brushed it up even more. It was when uh, digital recording had yes. started to really surface, and the the, the the production of the sound of this band was a lot bigger than something I'd heard anything I'd heard before. So uh, I had been unaware though that uh, Coverdale and, and a lot of these other guys in this band had a uh, had a lengthy history, and that this was actually later in their career. It was, yeah. So. Some of the songs that were on this album were actually on their um, on a previous album before, from what I understand. Man, what was there were some songs from that first album that I loved. It's been so long since I've uh, delved deep into White Snake. Is it Slide It In or Slide It In? Slide yeah. It In. What's that slide about? Back to the top. Slide It In. I ain't never gonna stop. Slide It In. Oh, do you have it right there, Case? Yeah, you want to hear it? Play just a little bit of it. Yeah, right, here you go. St- we used to play this back in the image, man. This is a good tune. You do not hear it on the radio at all anymore. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. You got to throw a guitar in there for sure, right? You talk too much. Never say what's on your mind. It's Yes. In the world you behind. So... I'm, I'm gonna have to go listen. It's to about that. a ring contra, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. All right, wait. We're gonna get to the uh, the chorus here. Two, three, four. Uh, 69 today. Tony Basil, or Basil, however you'd like to say her name. She is 77 years old today. Tony Basil, right? Yeah, yeah I go with that. Yeah. Uh, she uh, was a choreographer. 
She was. She was kind of a, a sex spot in the 60s. Yeah. She's yeah. in a couple different movies. She and, choreographed this song. And Mickey is a song that doesn't die. No. Uh, she's 77 today. This video also features the largest cheerleaders ever captured on film. Uh, Tom Felton, who played Draco Malfoy ah. in the Harry Potter films. He's is good. 33 today. Yeah. Supposed to be a really nice guy, despite yeah. playing a real evil bastard, from what I understand. And then the last birthday today, her name is Ty Babylonia. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I will forever know her as Tina Babylonia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tina Babalina. She was uh, in her shoes. She was a figure skater in the 76 and 80 Olympics. And her and uh, Randy Gardner did the pairs skating. And I thought her name was Tina Babalina. <laughs> hey, Tina Babalina. Tina, it's such an honor to meet you. Uh, they came in with Kathy Rigby, right? They did. Yeah. And she was awesome. That was pretty cool. So, uh, Tina Babalina. Tina Babalina, right here in our studio. If anyone had told me. 61 years old today. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to today's stupid question. Uh, what color are flamingos when they hatch in the egg? 215-263-WMMR is the number, and I will go to Kevin. Hey, Kev, good morning. My turn, Jimmy C. Down. I'm going on the radio. Yeah! <laughs> All right, give it to us loud and proud, Kevin. What color are flamingos when they hatch in the egg? Uh, they're gray. They're gray, yep. Ah. One moment, Kev. And then they become that beautiful color. We're going to set you up with the family four-pack tickets to Adventure Aquarium. Open daily. Reservations are required. You can visit AdventureAquarium.com for more information. All right. Hey, Kathy, does that zoo have flamingo eggs? Uh, you know what? I don't think farm? They, okay. they don't have flamingo eggs, right. no. We are going to begin with Ellen DeGeneres. Yesterday, everybody was hunkered around screens watching <laughs> her uh, issue her opening monologue and her apology and all that stuff. She returned yesterday with the first episode since... She and her show were investigated by Warner Brothers for allowing a toxic work environment to fester. Charges include sexual harassment, racism, and bullying. Three executive producers have been fired. Uh, So where do we kick off here? Uh, With the apology? Yeah, give the apology. Because she starts off by saying, if you're watching because you love me, thank you. If If you're watching because you don't love me, welcome. How was everybody's summer? Good? Yeah, mine was great. Terrific. I'm so happy to be back in the studio. There are a lot of things I want to talk about. And I've been looking forward to addressing it all directly. And unfortunately, talking directly to people has been illegal for six months. So she did pepper it with some light stuff. But she did. This is uh, this is the crux of it. Here we go. As you may have heard, this summer there were allegations of a toxic work environment at our show. And then there was an investigation. I learned that things happened here that never should have happened. I take that very seriously. And I want to say I am so sorry to the people who were affected. I know that I'm in a position of privilege and power, and I realize that with that comes responsibility, and I take responsibility for what happens at my show. We have had a lot of conversations over the last few weeks about the show, our workplace, and what we want for the future. We have made the necessary changes, and today we are starting a new chapter. Okay. Uh, And then she chatted a little bit more. Went on for a little while, obviously, but uh, this is talking about her own behavior. Right. Her culpability. Yep, here we go. There were also articles in the press and on social media that said that I am not who I appear to be on TV because I became known as the Be Kind Lady. The truth is, I am that person that you see on TV. I am also a lot of other things. I, sometimes I get sad. I get mad. I, I get anxious. I get frustrated. I get impatient. 
And I am working on all of that. I am a work in progress. Uh, yeah. So, you know, she's uh, she's speaking up. And uh, she, did she ever address directly, you know, the, the people who were hurt? or, or Not, not specifically, okay. no. but she kind of she she did uh, go into separate categories of the apology, trying to address everything. And in that particular thing, she said um, she explained how she became known as the be kind lady. And she said, but she she said. I wouldn't wish that on anybody to have that moniker because yeah. then you're anytime you veer from that in the public yeah. eye, you're you're immediately thought, oh, that it's just a lie, it's just a put on. Yeah, you're held to that standard right, all the right. time. And right. I just thought it was a pretty candid thing, and the way she relayed it was pretty well done. It was just, the story was just that she started to say be kind to one another because uh, there was uh, I think a, a, a gay, gay guy who had committed suicide after yeah. being bullied. I remember and that. And so she that story really touched her, and she was just saying she started by just telling people be kind, you know. And then, let this happen again. I remember she got a whole bunch of blowback because she was sitting in the, uh, at some sporting event with uh, with Bush, you know, former President yeah, Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they, were, they were friendly. And then she's like, you know, I take people on a, on a case like case basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the show's premiere included an interview with Tiffany Haddish this week. Uh, we'll also see appearances from Kerry Washington, Alec Baldwin, Super M and Chris Jenner as well. I don't know Super M, but they, Super M, yes, they did a, a, an interesting thing, and I was trying to figure out how they did it or whether it was just an optical illusion. But the audience was appeared to be large um, vertical screens of of audience members watching the show. Oh yeah, uh, and so um, mm-hmm. and they they were getting a pretty robust audience response from them. Did yeah. you did you watch it? Yeah, yeah, I watched yeah. it with Nick. It looked pretty cool. The yeah. screens, yeah. Uh, super M, by the way, is a South Korean super group. Super oh. group. Okay. Oh, Ain't no BTS. <laughs> hey, man, there's room for all K-pop in there. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I'm oh, right. more into the girl group K-pop uh, stuff now. So, yeah, so she, she's off and running. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what the, what the public's response is to that, but we will find out. So we'll see. I have some other stories. We're going to start with the guy who's here in our studio, Hapfor Julius Bjornsson. Yes, who the mountain. The mountain on Game of Thrones is hoping for good news as he awaits the birth of his son. Uh, he shared that he is finishing up a quarantine after coming into contact with someone who had COVID. He wrote on Instagram, if I'm positive, it will mean a further 14-day quarantine. Unfortunately, this means there is a chance that I will miss the birth of my son and unable to be beside my wife to support her as she gives birth and welcomes him to the world. So if you see any pictures or footage of him with his wife, his wife is so tiny. Really? I don't know how he banged her without killing her. He's one of the biggest people in the world. I, I mean, mean Preston, massive. it looks ludicrous. <laughs> I, so you would just... Uh, look at here's a picture, and oh she's in heels here. Wow! Yeah. Oh I mean, God. how does he not split her in half? <laughs> I know she is uh, she's uh, like a snake that uh, eats bigger, you know, and it takes on the shape of whatever it's eating. <laughs> yes, yeah. like a yeah, I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. It's this huge lump inside for a while. <laughs> Jeez, uh, he was a super nice guy when he came by. He's here. Great, yeah. you have a great picture of uh, him. Yeah, he was uh, beheading me. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Had a sword, and I uh, was uh, bent over on a chair, and he was <laughs> swinging the sword at my. They head. say that they're they're doing a, a, a docu series on television, a Ruth Bader Ginsburg series, and they're saying he's in the lead to play her. Wow, so, he, so, no, yeah, he's hey. a talent. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rock, we touched on this yesterday, was diagnosed at age 55 with a learning disorder that makes it tough for him to pick up on nonverbal cues. And he tells Hollywood Reporter that the issue may be partially to blame for his split in 2016 uh, from Malak Compton after 20 years of marriage. I think I suggested that yesterday, that that could affect relationships. He said, anytime someone would respond to me in a negative way, I'd think, whatever, they're responding to something that has to do 
with who they think I am. But now I'm realizing it was me. A lot of it was me. Yeah. But he didn't pick up on that. So, interesting. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how, and we talked about it yesterday, how we hear things, how we perceive things, and your truth is, you know, your reality. Yeah. Uh, Denise Richards is opening up after news broke that she will not return to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. No! She said, I had a great first season. The second season was challenging. Uh, She was on The Real on Monday to talk about this. That's my other favorite show. She said, I just thought that it was the right time for me uh, to go and just keep focusing on the other projects that I have. I had a great time. I will always be a fan, and I will continue to support the show. Why don't you take care of our freaking kids? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She also said she'd consider returning to reality TV. or I guess she was asked about it. She said, uh, absolutely. Oh, no, no. She said she would. Absolutely never say never. Um, so I love that things have changed, she says. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that it's means. It's totally cryptic. She was sending code to someone. I guess so. Uh, she, uh, You know what? She, I've gone back and forth on Denise Richards throughout my, uh, throughout my life. I, I, I kind of really like her now. Okay. But I, I cannot stand, I still cannot stand these Real Housewives shows. No, yeah. I hate him. Hate him. Can't stand him. Uh, as his ex, Christina Anstead, shares the news that she and her husband, Ant, are splitting after a year uh, after welcoming their son, Hudson, uh, Tarek El Moussa had posted about his fabulous life. <laughs> the Flipping 101 host wrote of his dream life with Selling Sunset star and fiance Heather Ray Young. He said, I'm just so excited about life. I'm in love. I'm engaged. Flipping 101 is on the air, and Flipper Flop is on the way. It couldn't get any better. He said, I'm telling you, it's possible to accomplish those things you've been dreaming of. I dreamed of this life, and I got it by believing I could do it and working my tail off. If there's something you want, just go for it. I'm yelling at you to chase your dreams. No, he's he yelling at, like, over to his wife, like, yeah. I, oh, I did it. Yeah, and you lose. There's a reason why I didn't really care for Flip or Flop, and it was because I didn't like them as a couple. I watch really? a lot. I, well, Wasn't listen, the whole thing predicated on their coupleness, though? No, not really, man. So I watch all these other shows, right? right. And the reason they work is because the relationship of the people, like um, Fixer Upper, Chip and Joanna yeah. Gaines. I mean, come on. They're the best what loving about, couple. Uh, Pump and Dump? Pump and Dump is not, no. But Hometown, you know, with, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the, you know, the couple down there in Mississippi, it's like, oh, my God, they're the best. You know? Right, right. The brothers, you know, for uh, the, that other show. And, and the um, Love It or List It, they're not, they're not romantically involved, so that works. There's another one where, where the mother and the daughter, like, oh, you know, like, so... So you think if, if they're romantically involved, it's it's less likely to be a pleasant show to watch? No. Oh. Like, it, I'm just... I didn't buy you their... Didn't buy their lo- I didn't buy their clearly, relationship. Clearly they once, weren't in yeah. love, right? Yeah. Nick, whose Instagram account are you looking at? This is the fiancé where he's living his best life, uh, Tarek. What's uh, okay. what, what his uh, name is? Masao, yeah. or however you say his last name. Yeah, yeah he's, okay. Here's the second stunningly gorgeous woman that he's about to be married Heather to. Heather Ray Young is mm-hmm. his fiancé. and uh, uh, His future ex-wife? His <laughs> yeah. Casey, yeah. I mean... Uh, yeah, I hate to be that cynical, but I, I yeah. was thinking the exact same thing. Like, yeah. They're both Instagram people, <laughs> yep. and they're both reality TV people. And two years. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, give it two years, and then he'll go on and date someone else from the... Uh, but eventually, you, you run out of shows, right? And then you have to move over to another network. Yeah, you got to go to another network. <clears throat> right, 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 over to TLC. Right. Yeah. If you're done. <laughs> 
No, listen, they'll find somebody else. I'm currently that, dating Bravo. Yeah. That they'll be able to make, I, you know, I, I want to do a show with Chuck D'Amico because he's the actual one who, who knows how to, like, fix houses. And I want to call it Bros Before Homes, right? And, right. It's, and it's all about, like, guys that buy houses together. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And you, you, like, totally bro it out, right? Okay. Yeah, that's what totally I want to do. Right. What does bro it out mean? You know, Instead of like you know a cute little um, okay all right so yeah. make it very masculine okay. yeah, yeah, like, like, you know, like a bazooka rack right. yeah. <laughs> bazooka rack I love Stuff that like that yeah. yes well, yeah all right I need yeah. you and, and then not be able to sell and it the, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like your house Preston when you're trading spaces put the uh, right. put the shrapnel wall in your kitchen yeah, exactly no you see Kath I wouldn't make it so um, broy <laughs> that people would be like you know wouldn't be able to resell it it would right, be right. something that you could completely and totally resell. I mean, like, even, you know, even rack. Ted Nugent wouldn't buy the house yeah. with the bazooka rack. <laughs> That's where you put your bazookas, bro. <laughs> All right. Bros before Bros homes. Before homes. Yeah. Before homes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Wendy Williams returned to her talk show on Monday. Showing off a 25-pound weight loss. Uh, she said, food became disgusting to me. Right. She said, oh, I wish I, I had that. I'm, I made sure that every time I ate, I ate in front of the mirror. She said, I was cooking at first, and it was all good. I was shoveling stuff in my mouth. And I have a huge mouth. She does. But mm. then when she knew she was headed to the doctor's office and she lost even more weight than she thought, she said, I haven't weighed this uh, little since high school, uh, she recalled. Uh, I feel very, really good, but I'm just alone in my romance. I'm looking at a, a picture of her yesterday. She doesn't look like she lost a lot of weight to me. No, but she's huge. She's I, also wearing a big dress. So. I mean, she's just a big. She's just structurally a big woman. Um, or she presents big on her show. Yeah, how big is she? Is she <laughs> why is she wearing those shoes with that outfit? Yeah, you're because right. I love that they're comfortable sneakers. But how you doing? She's only five ten. Only. Well, she's for a woman. That's that's in, pretty it, damn tall. In man. which okay, direction? But, yeah, yeah, I mean, she's not like the the mountain. Right. <laughs> well, m- most women aren't. I like, think what happened is, is, is a, I think, above average. For okay. Women. She yeah. lost weight because of the stress of the divorce and all that stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? So she yeah. said, uh, I feel really good, but I'm just alone in my new room. And she had finaled her divorce from Kevin Hunter at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, we have a few deaths to report. Uh, We're going to start with this one. Jackie Stallone, the mother of Sylvester. <laughs> And Frank, uh, and one of the most memorable contestants on Celebrity Big Brothers, died. She was 98 years old. I wasn't even aware she was still alive, Preston. Yeah. I mean, she, uh, so she in, there was a point in time where she was a star, or yeah. at least a, a quasi-celebrity. It must have been off my radar, but reading up on her, you're right, Steve. Yeah. So the larger-than-life character, who is known as an astrologer and wrestling promoter... That's right. ...died in her sleep as she wished, wished, said her youngest son, Frank. He said it was hard not to like her. She was a very eccentric and flamboyant person. I remember she hated Brigitte Nielsen. Oh, really? Hated Brigitte wow. Nielsen. Like, and Stallone would relay how she... um don't marry her, and he did no anyway. Kidding. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she was. Uh, she would always wear these loud sort of, um, yeah. be, you know, uh, bandanas and all this sort of stuff. And she was very, very flamboyant. But he, he loved the hell out of her. So she worked as a trapeze artist for two years before taking a job as a chorus girl on Broadway. Stallone married her first husband, Frank Stallone Sr., a hairdresser and occasional actor in 1945. 
They remained together for 12 years and had two sons, Sylvester and Frank. And she also had a daughter, Tony D'Alto, uh, during her second marriage to Anthony Felitti. So Stallone has a uh, as a sister? Yeah, no, she died. In, uh, uh, she oh, wow. died in 2012. She was 48 years old. Yeah, okay, yeah, I never heard about her. Cancer, yeah. Uh, a longtime advocate for women's fitness, she opened a female-only gym in the 1950s called Barbarella's. That's a great name for a gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And presented an exercise slot on local TV in Washington, D.C. in the 1980s. And she appeared on the wrestling program Glow Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, which helped women's wrestling become mainstream on television. Okay. And she, she sort of had Sly's, well, obviously he had her yeah. facial features. So think of Stallone in makeup. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what Jackie looked like. She had an Instagram account and she was still posting relatively recently exercise videos and exercise. I mean, she, you yeah. know, she died at 98. Can I borrow some of your rouge? <laughs> uh, she, she stayed with it, uh, Nick. Yeah. Uh, she wrote, she wrote a book called star power an astrological guide to super success and started to make regular TV appearances as an astrologer and psychic for a time. She ran her own psychic hotline and I remember that also claimed to have invented the term rumpology. <laughs> Okay. Which is the art of reading people's features or reading their futures by reading the lines and crevices on their buttocks. Yeah. <laughs> so she would read people's asses. You're going to take a dump. Uh, she married her third husband, Stephen Devine, in 1998, although they lived 10 miles apart for the majority of their relationship. In 2005, uh, she had a memorable stint in the UK's version of Celebrity Big Brother entering the house. As a surprise contestant and her arrival, Steve, was a shock for her former former daughter-in-law, Brigitte Nielsen. Ah. Oh, wow. uh, upon seeing Stallone, a stunned Nielsen exclaimed, oh, my God, Jackie. In response, Stallone, uh, wearing a fur coat and sunglasses, deadpanned, yeah, Jackie. So it must have <laughs> it was been. It obviously orchestrated. Uh-huh. Uh, Stallone was still active in her 90s, practicing weightlifting and trapeze work while attempting to defy age with a series of plastic surgeries that she later came to regret. Yeah. She had said in an interview in Reveal Magazine in 2013, she said, I've got too much. I look like I've got a mouthful of nuts. (laughs) And she said, I feel like a chipmunk. She was, she was very candid and that was cool. So she was, she was the classic, uh, talk show character. Uh, her son, Frank, announced her death by posting a vintage headshot of Stallone from her acting days. Uh, and, of course, uh, she is survived by her husband, uh, Divine, her son, Sylvester, and Frank, and six grandchildren. By the way, we got a text from somebody who says, I was an extra on Creed Two, Yeah. And was told that Sly would call her every day. They had a break built in for it on oh, the set wow. for him to call yeah, his mom. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, well, that's sad, man. Yeah. Good run, though. Good 98 run. 98 and yeah. successful kids, a uh, good life, so yeah. good on her. She, she she did a good job. All right, another death. Anglo-French actor Michael Lonsdale, who played the villain opposite Roger Moore's James Bond in the 1979 film Moonraker, has died. He was 89 years old. He was, uh, he was a good character actor. He was in a couple of things. Yeah, he was in a few things. Yeah. Uh, he played, in that film, he played Hugo Drax, an industrialist planning to poison all humans on Earth and then repopulate the planet from his space station. It was one of the more than 200 roles he played in both English and French over a career that spanned six decades. His other notable film credits include The Day of the Jackal, Ronin, and he was also in Munich, the Steven yeah. Spielberg film. Uh, the official Twitter the account, account of these late 
Sir Roger Moore described his character as a smooth-tongued and cultured adversary to 007. How old was he? He was 89. Oh, again, another good run. In an interview, uh, Lonsdale was asked whether he had been concerned that playing a Bond villain might have a negative impact on his career. He said, on the contrary, because I made so many films that were not really very popular or didn't make much money, and I only made poor films, so I thought I might like to be in a rich film. So he didn't mind doing it. At all. And that was a huge budget Bond film that came out after Star Wars, and that's why they completely retooled the plot line. Right. The original plot for Moonraker took place during World War II. Not in space. Now, speaking of uh, space films, uh, cartoonist turned production designer Ron Cobb, best known for coming up with the initial design for uh, the DeLorean and Back to the Future, has died. He also had a hand in a ton of stuff. He was 83 years old. Uh, he unfortunately had Louis body dementia, ah. passed away in Sydney, Australia. Uh, he broke into the industry in 1956, working at Disney as a breakdown artist on Sleeping Beauty. That's how far back he goes. Uh, he did uncredited design work on the aliens in the cantina scene in 1977 Star Wars. Nick had sent me a link yesterday of one of the famous characters that he created, and it was known as what was it known as the Hammerhead guy. Hammerhead, vagina yeah. face, not vagina face. He didn't do vagina. I wish he I was hoping. Vagina face. Hammerhead guy meets vagina face. Oh, well, hammerhead kind of looks like a wiener, though. Uh, this is wiener head, the vagina face. I guess. Lips. A. <laughs> this is butthole mouth. <laughs> and this is nutsack chin. <laughs> They're all at the cantina. They're all at the cantina and we're yeah. all sharing a good time. Yes, butthole mouth. I mean, a Sarlacc basically is a butthole. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it does look like a... You know. uh, anyhow, what they'd call a gaper. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, we know we know the guy that uh, helps create that. The Sarlacc? It's, yeah, it's, it's one of Giacchino's friends, uh, Kirk um, Thatcher. Thatcher! Yeah, he yeah. worked on it. They built a giant sand pit out in the desert, and, and he, he was telling us about it when we were out there to visit a few years I ago. I forgot about that conversation. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so Casey, this guy, oh, helped invent funny. the giant butthole in the, the desert. The sand butthole. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, but this guy did uh, the, the Hammerhead character and a few others as well, <laughs> and uh, he also, Steve, he, he designed... The exterior of the Earthship Nostromo and Ridley Scott's Alien. I mean, amazing artist. That kind of work and that kind of versatility. Yeah, he did uh, the interior, iconic stuff. He did some of the interior sets for that as well. He also scored a production designer on Conan the Barbarian, and he is responsible for designing Conan's world. The armor, the architecture, the weapons was on great. that film as well. It was just on the other day. I, I stopped by and checked out a little bit of it. Uh, and then he met Steven Spielberg, who was working on Raiders of the Lost Ark at the time. And he had made some suggestions to Spielberg about that film, and Spielberg used some, and he was supposed to direct... You should uh, have somebody who's got, like, a vagina face. Uh, he was supposed to direct a movie called Night Skies, which ultimately became E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spielberg had uh, overseen the rewrite and decided to direct the film himself, but Cobb ended up receiving financial compensation. He would have been the director of that movie. On my planet, we have people that look like vaginas. <laughs> and uh, he became the production designer on 1984's The Last Starfighter, and then he followed that up with the design for the DeLorean for Back to the Future. So I just he was watched important. over the weekend The Last Starfighter. Really? I love that the movie. Re- it's a fun it's movie. Fun. It yeah. is fun. The effects are cheesy. Yeah, but you uh, know what? It's some of the first CGI ever used in a movie. The, the first, yeah. yeah. The, the first was for those spaceships. But there's like a scene present where they're going through, I guess it's like a cave and, a, and an asteroid. Mm. And it looks so... Um, it looks so weird that it looks cool. Like, yeah. it's retro cool, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
Uh, so sad news that he had passed away. Uh, let me see here. Man, too much entertainment to report. Um, You're just brimming with entertainment. Let's end with... Uh, hang on, I want to make All sure that I don't miss anything here. I think I'll come back to this one a little bit later on because we have some clips to play for that. But uh, one last thing. Uh, while many uh, late stars were honored during the Emmys In Memoriam segment, Kelly Preston, Kobe Bryant, and Nick Cordero were overlooked. There's always, yeah. every time. and there's always some every big time. ones, too. Yes. Always in, what, in, what a stupid mistake. In the Grammys and the Oscars, yeah. the Emmys, all of them. Uh, among those honored, though, were Regis Philbin, uh, Naya Rivera, James Lipton, Jerry Stiller, Kirk Douglas, and Chadwick Boseman, just to name a few. All right, so movies. Emmys is for TV, right? Emmys right. is for TV, All yeah. right, so, but Kelly Preston is a movie actress. But she's done TV work. She's probably done TV work, yeah. Kobe Bryant is an NBA star, and Nick Cordero is a uh, uh, Broadway guy. Right, yeah. but they, they've all done TV. So, so they might, you know... See that the real tribute for Nick Cordero might be at the tone. I just say know, include so. them all. You know what I mean? Like if you well, add, you add three more pictures. What's that going to do? But I, th- I think they actually go with what union. Believe it or not, what unions they're in. No kidding. I think that's it. I'm not sure, but Preston's right. There's over. There's always. Somebody who gets overlooked, especially people who die in proximity to the award show. You just err on the side of you know just inclusion. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're ready for clips. Let's get to them. We'll start with this. Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous is a new animated series in the Jurassic Park universe that follows a group of teenagers who stay in an adventure camp near the infamous Dinosaur Park. You know, why not put a a camp by the dinosaur park? Absolutely. And make make it for, like, handicapped children. In this clip, showrunner Scott Kramer discusses fitting this series into the timeline of the previous films. Here we go. We basically went over the movie Jurassic World as if it were the Zapruder film. Like frame by frame, what does it make sense? Where can we insert our characters where we're not breaking continuity, but where we can intersect with the events of this film and also wherever possible give a nod to past films? Shut the f up! Jurassic Park World, Camp Cretaceous is streaming now on Netflix. One of the uh, voice actors is uh, Sean Giambrone from The Goldbergs. Oh. Adam Goldberg on the show. Very nice. Next clip. Explore new worlds and uncharted realms in the docuseries Cosmos, Possible Worlds. In this clip, host Neil deGrasse Tyson discusses continuing an important element from the show's predecessor. Uh, A very important element in this is, uh, if those who saw the 1980s incarnation of this, the first, you would remark of Carl Sagan's sort of fireside manner. Right. At no time were you saying, well, he's lecturing to me. It's odd that while you're in college, lecture is an okay thing. I got to go to my lecture. I gotta, after college, don't lecture me. Yeah. Uh, Cosmos Possible Worlds airs tonight at 8 on Fox. I, I will have to watch that. I liked Cosmos. It was great. And, and uh, Carl Sagan was a genius. But you had to get past right, yeah. the delivery. <laughs> Billions the way of he spoke. Right. When he would do these things. I think the problem with this at this time is there are entire channels now that are all devoted to this. So you've got a ton. Over the weekend, I watched a number of great documentaries about, you know, this sort of stuff. And it's just great. It's true. But this guy's so he, charismatic. Great, yeah. and, and he's brilliant. And, and I will give him the uh, I'll give him the lead. You guys um, start watching the docuseries on the Challenger uh, explosion. At I all? saw that. I saw I've got it earmarked teaser, yeah. to watch it. It's yeah. pretty great. Is it? Yeah. It's only four episodes, and I definitely want to see it. Yep. 
All right, and there you go. That's it uh, in the entertainment report. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. we got guests on the show, uh, Jim Curtin, the Philadelphia Union head coach, and Matthew Modine will be joining us. And, uh, oh, you know what? Oh! Hold on. I promised I was going to do this. All right, this. let me hit pause. Stop the music. All right, stop it. You don't want to be labeled a liar. Uh, so the new Fox 29 show, uh, I Can See Your Voice, is on tomorrow night. And you have to answer three questions after the show Thursday morning. Uh, in order to win $1,000. Yeah. And so I already gave you yesterday's question. We're rolling out the questions one at a time each day. So one yesterday, one today, and one tomorrow. If you missed yesterday's, sorry about that. Uh, the question, the second question you need to write down is, which singer brags about being in a punk band? All right, write that down. Which singer brags about being in a punk band? And tomorrow we'll at, or Thursday morning, we will ask the uh, you to answer that question along with the third one that we'll give you tomorrow. Don't forget, I Can See Your Voice is on After the Masked Singer. The Masked Singer is on tomorrow night at 8. So make sure you follow that up with I Can See Your Voice, hosted by Kim Jong. We're going to take a break and be right back. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Real quick before we dive into stuff, uh, I do want to mention uh, a real quick butt plug. Uh, a very, very tragic thing happened to uh, a friend that we all here on the show know, uh, a friend of ours named Shan. His uh, his former wife was murdered. Uh, these are the, um, uh, the the wife of, or I mean the, the mother of his children, uh, was murdered, this horrible murder-suicide thing. Her uh, her the relationship she was in at the time he was killed and it was the the father of that guy had had killed these two people and killed himself just oh. absolutely tragic horrible horrible story there's a goFundMe we have set up that they have set up <laughs> and we have uh, promoted it's on uh, prestonsteve.com it's on the community section if you can lend a hand that would be wonderful oh man uh, so please take a look and and obviously our, our hearts go out to uh, Shannon and, and his kids and everybody affected by this just a terrible 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 story um, and then there was another one I got and this is from the Lapera family uh, this is from specifically I don't see a name on here uh, but it says hey my dad Tony uh, huge fan of your show for years he was diagnosed with hairy cell leukemia. And starts chemotherapy today at Lankanau Hospital. Oh, there's no cure, uh, but it can be put into remission. So he's going to go in for treatments every other week uh, for the next year or so. Nick, I don't know if you got this email or not. I'll make sure I get it to you. So yeah, we forward can... it on to me. Uh, says, my dad's uh, uh, been a lower Marion firefighter with Penn Wynn Fire Company and Narberth Fire Company for over 40 years. And he works at the Gladwin Shell Station as a mechanic where he plans to continue working until it becomes too difficult. Uh, and they're asking him for donations for a GoFundMe campaign. So we will set that up on the website as well. Oh, here, no, Marissa says link is up on WMMR.com uh, slash event slash Tony LaPera. So you'll be able to find that, Nick. Um, and then a quick shout out, if you don't mind as well. No problem. Uh, this is from Denise Antonelli. It says, bless me, Father Presbo. It has <laughs> been six years since my last shout out request. <laughs> Can you grant a birthday shout-out to my daughter and quarantine partner, Shay Bailey? Her birthday is April 19th, but any day, any time will work. Uh, thanks to you and the President Steve team for keeping us entertained and laughing, especially in these uncertain times. So a shart, if you wouldn't mind, please. Thank you very much. And I have a shart as well. I went to my dentist yesterday, Dr. Kate Cavanaugh over at Media Smiles. I want to give a shout-out, a special shout-out to Jacob. Jacob is in second grade, and he is a huge fan of the show. He was doing uh, virtual schooling. I guess his mom works at the um, at the office. So okay. He's a huge fan of the oh. show. So he asked for a picture with me, 
after I got done. By the way, no Cavity Club again. Oh, nice. Um, (laughs) And so I go to take a picture with this kid, and he... Like, he just goes to take my picture. I was like, no, no, you got to be in the picture. Right, right. You know, so I did this with Jacob, and I, I told him I'd give him a juicy shard out. All right, let's uh, do Because it. he heard two juicy shard outs yesterday, so he wanted this one. Yeah! So good. There you go. All right. And then I have a follow-up to a news story that Kathy had earlier this morning. Is this breaking news? Uh, Well, Uh, sort of. Yeah, okay. Uh, Breaking news. Breaking news. Police. Police and emergency crews. Spent a good portion of Monday night following up on reports of a missing paraglider. Yeah, they were, they were searching the woods. They were they had uh, choppers yeah. up. They were looking for this guy. Uh, the guy was at home in bed. <laughs> oh, my oh, wow. God. He crashed into his own home? He landed yeah. in his own home. Wow. What are the odds? The guy was <laughs> at home in and bed. safe in bed. Oh, oh my God. Man. Like, how? I need to talk to them. Like, how did that happen? Uh-huh. Uh, wait, wait. All right. So, who... Re- he wasn't reported missing because people didn't know who he was. Case, I don't know the details. So the specific, somehow... Well, obviously some, he was if they right. were looking what for him. What was the step-off point at which they thought that, that he was out <clears throat> paragliding and missing? Yeah. There we go. They, they, they were searching, and they, they went till 1.30 in the morning. Conditions were too dark. Turns out the man phoned police early Tuesday morning saying he believed it was him they were searching for. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh he said he landed, went home, turned off his phone, and went to bed when he awoke to the news of a possible missing paraglider Tuesday morning, he contacted police. Hey, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they're talking about me. Have you guys I'm ne- not missing. I'm right here. Oh, my God. Have you guys ever, like, I, I called the 6ABC news desk one time because, and it was a colder day, one of the giant high rises in the city. Was missing? No. Oh. Uh, it was, like, emitting smoke. Oh, okay. And I was watching it, and it was basically just, you know, like, I don't know, vapor or whatever. You don't know, though. And I was looking at it. I was like, that does not look right. And right. so I called the news desk. I'm like. They love when you do that, by the way. <laughs> when you should be calling somebody that yeah, could the, take the, care the of it. Yeah, the fire department. Or 911. Yeah. Could you please well, credit me? I'm glad I didn't. Me? My name is Casey Foster. <laughs> I'm on the Preston and Steve show. Make sure you mention our show and our times. Could you imagine if I actually called the cops on, you know, for something like that? I know. You but call well, a non-emergency yeah, but you, line. Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if you, if you, if, if you, you're not making a prank phone call. No, I I was not. You 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 were concerned a building was on fire. You could even say, look, I, I don't know if this is what I'm seeing, but this is what I think I'm seeing. And they'll, they'll, they'll take a look at it. Hello, GMZ. I believe a local building is on fire. Oh, my God. So the guy was in bed. He was at home in bed. Oh, my God. (laughs) Call us if you listen to us. There's a caller that's coming up here. I don't know if this is him or not, but it would be hilarious if that was the case. So, no, it's not. Marissa saying no. It's the guy who was in that building that was smoking. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the deal was and who had called, whether it was concerned friends because his phone was off or... I'm glad it ended this way, right? Or somebody saw a a paraglider and it looked like it was going to crash. I I have no idea. Well, I'm just glad he came forward before they started diving in that lake. I know, I know. They were they going to go into a lake? They were, yes. Yeah, they, they were going to search I a lake. I missed that part of the story. <laughs> nearby yeah, at 9 a.m., they were starting to go back out, and they were going to search a lake nearby. We found a body. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
It's not him. <laughs> All right. Well, anyhow. Uh, yeah, maybe we can get this guy on sometime. All right. Uh, anyway, I have come into a wealth of stories about food. Food? That means i got to put on... The head of the connoisseur. That and is he correct. is the connoisseur. He knows all the best food and all the best places to find that food. What can we learn today from the connoisseur? All right. Well, we're, we're actually going to start in Conshohocken. Oh, I love it there. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Kathy gets all her food. Oh, I know what you're talking about. This is a story. Yeah. I haven't heard this in a while. So this is a story. We'll let it play. (laughs) I love that. This is a story that Kathy sent me. It's a a bizarre story. A couple in Conchahawk and and the... The article was so long, I, I don't have the whole story here. So, But um, they are sculptors, and their names are Jim Victor and Marie Pelton, and they have in the past worked with chocolate and cheese and ice, but butter yes. has brought them worldwide acclaim. Uh, together, they have created large butter sculptures for agricultural shows and fairs all over the country, including most of the Pennsylvania farm shows since the mid-1990s. But this month, the couple unveiled... The 52nd Annual American Dairy Association Northeast Butter Sculpture at the virtual New York State Fair. I saw this article in the Inquirer, and they, they had a That's picture of it. It's like, oh, my God. It's read, crazy. It is a long article. I read the whole thing because I found it fascinating. Turns out that they don't use butter that's uh, consumable. By um, oh. so it's it's actually is that cheating? Uh, well, it's it allows them to do it in a um, in a conscious way. So yeah. they're not right. taking away a food product. Uh, and then uh, they, when they're done with it, they melt it down. They give it back to this company that, end, that ends up turning it into biofuel. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. See? Okay. Um, I assume the room has to be like super duper it refrigerated. What? I, I thought the same thing. It Get has out. To be, it has to be like in the 60 to 65 degree range. Uh, the, these people are really talented artists, and they've just found their medium and, and found a way to make butter sculptures and sell them. And so they've done, like Preston said, they've done it for the farm show. Uh, for a number of years, but they've made chocolate sculptures. The guy has dabbled in ice cream, but Casey says to do ice cream sculptures, it has to be really, really cold. But for butter, yeah. 60 to 65 degrees. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. I'm just wondering why they put the Pittsburgh Steelers mascot in there. Because they got commissioned by uh, somebody out in Pittsburgh that wanted them to do it for a Pittsburgh thing. Okay. Swoop is in there and gritty, but I was just wondering. Uh, so they did an 800-pound pandemic-themed piece, including children, remote learning, and masked milkman. Uh, that took them 10 days to create. So uh, butter is not what they originally went to the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts for. They used marble, clay, and stone. Those have been the standard mediums. But now butter's their thing. And butter put them on the map. And they make a living out of it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So, But it's not butter butter. It's not. It's, it's a it's butter butter. butter. Yeah, yeah, it's not anything that you would ever put on a bagel. Right? I guess it's it's from such. some of the elements that are in butter. It's basically the leftover stuff that ends up at the bottom of the uh, the butter wow. factory. The okay. bottom of the butter barrel. That's it. That's <laughs> the one. Hey, real quick. This is non-food related, but it is uh, since we're talking about art and uh, getting some notoriety, I want to point out that uh, our station photographer, Brian Miller of Chorus Photography, uh, has recently, some of his work is going to be put into the Smithsonian Institute. Wow. He was chosen. I don't know exactly what the display is called, but uh, it has to do with the pandemic. And he took some pretty incredible photos. And they ha- he has been chosen. He and like 10 other photographers around the country 
I've chosen to be a part of this. That's pretty amazing. So, yeah. So wow. is uh, he going to be next to Fonzie's jacket? I, I don't. He doesn't really even know which uh, which museum it's going to be in because oh, right. the the Smithsonian is, is a, a group is a group of uh, of uh, museums. Uh, but he does amazing work. He's out of Phoenixville. You're crazy if you don't hire him for some time. He's he's real easy to work with. The best pictures from our camp out for hunger come from him, and uh, we just want to. I want to congratulate. He him. took my favorite picture of all time of the uh, the giant water filled condom falling yes. on Nick's head. Well, yeah. a great, That's awesome. great, That's a great shot. <laughs> or uh, you and Kathy on the bicycle was that, that one? Also, me doing a belly flop. He caught it just as my enormous gut was uh, hitting the water. Yeah, really. I mean, his timing is really good. Uh, so there's, uh, yeah, he, he does all our events. Yeah. And so his company is called Chorus Photography and they're Phoenixville. And you can check out their, uh, their Instagram page is Chorus underscore photography. So I just wanted to give him a little plug there. He's also quick. doing, uh, and just to jump on top of that press, I apologize, but he's doing, he's part of that, uh, headshot, uh, program that, uh, oh, that they're yeah. doing for people that are trying, you know, p- you know, a lot of people lost their jobs during the pandemic and the quarantine. And so if you need a headshot for your resume, right. uh, to, you know, get your, your, um, uh, get back there out there in the, in the working force, uh, he is part of this this process that is giving free headshots. So if you can reach That's out to across the country, they're, yeah. they're doing it everywhere. Yep. A lot of photographers are doing it. It's really cool. Excellent. All right. Uh, let's see what else I have. Food related. We'll go with this one. I, I could have put this in the entertainment report, but this is food related. Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart have sparked a new rivalry of sorts. The sci-fi legends appear in a handful of new ads for Uber Eats. Right. Therefore, it falls under the connoisseur territory. Uh, and they have created three commercials of the two of them together. So it's the, the squaring off of the Star Wars and Star Trek universe. Correct. Correct. So they they are they are uh, positioned as adversaries in these ads, and they're right. in they're in an abandoned warehouse for some reason, <laughs> and uh, they're having they're across each other from right. this warehouse, and they're having words with each other as if they've shown up for a showdown. Well, and in fact, in one of them, uh, he uh, Mark Hamill is holding a baseball bat, <laughs> and Patrick Stewart has a cricket bat. Like they're gonna beat the hell out of each other, <laughs> and we have uh, some of the clips of them going back and forth. So here's one of them tonight. I'll be eating a veggie cheeseburger on ciabatta. No tomatoes. Tonight, I'll be eating four cheese tortellini with extra tomatoes. Stuart. So it's come to this. Thank you. Bravo. Careful, Hamel. Daddy's not here to save you. Oh, I am my daddy. Come again? You said daddy's not here to save you. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not sure I got that right. <laughs> oh, my God. It's great. Uh, so they do three of them all together. So I would imagine uh, that if this takes off, we'll either see more from these two or they'll start pairing up other others yeah. uh, to do uh, <clears throat> some riffs on that. Have you used Uber Eats at all? No. Yeah. No. I have, that's one I have not used. No, I haven't used any of the food delivery services, but uh, caviar absorbed. Um, uh, what are they? Uh, what is it? Um, DoorDash, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I tried them once. It, I mean, it was fine. Uh, I use it all. I use caviar all the time. And but now they were the people that drop off your food are called dashers. <laughs> dashers. Yes, your dash will be there. You know, a lot of the um, like a lot of places where you can go and and do like a mobile order. There, there's now an actual tab for um, like DoorDash and, and places like yes, that yeah, Uber yeah. Eats where you just click that. So like you you order on their website. Yep. 
but then somebody will come and deliver it to you. Yeah, and also you you, you do the the hands free thing where they just leave it at the front door. It's it's like like ninja food delivery. Oh, I, I just go pick it up, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, so I went and picked up dinner the other night, and uh, you had to. I went to Redstone, and uh, when you text them to tell them that you're there, you also put where you want the food. So like I said. Front, you know, front passenger seat. So they come out, they open your door, put it in the seat. So no, like you, you don't have to get out, you don't have to do anything. You just tell them where you want the food, and they put it there. It and then cool. you can check. Tell me, I look pretty. Yeah, tell mm-hmm. me, I look pretty. And <laughs> is there pretty. a, co- a cookie sundae in there? I love it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's dive back in. And I have a couple of stories that relate to being hired. Uh, to go and test food out. I mean, who doesn't want to do that, man? Mm-hmm. A website based in Amsterdam is seeking a cheeseburger taster. Okay, I'll do it. To find the best <laughs> burger in the U.S. Cheeseburger, your burger of preference, Casey? That is, that is my favorite food. Right. We, sh- we should really send you over for this. Yeah. Oh, I want, you know what? And I'll, and I'll send a, a, uh, a little hello there. Uh, to our friends at Shake Shack. I stopped by um, on my way home. I was starving. And yeah. I was like, I wonder if those guys are open or not. And sure enough, I, I did an order. And uh, Shake Shack, King of Prussia Mall, and the gal who delivered my food, she's like, you're... Because hey, you have to give your name. Oh, she's like, oh, you're that Preston. <laughs> I listen to you guys every morning. Oh, that's awesome. And she's Great. like, it, and it was on Friday. She's like, I hope you're having a better day today. Remember Friday? Yes, was it like, was a disaster. I was struggling. So they're big fans right. over there. So thank you guys. Um, but they said this is a, a company called bonusfinder.com says the winning applicant will get $500 and will have to grade burgers based on criteria, including patty texture, patty seasoning, bun softness, bun taste, complexity of flavors used, patty scalfia, reddit, relish <laughs> and or sauce taste, cheese flavor and creaminess, oh value God. for money and quality of the ingredients. That's a lot of parameters to deal with, especially so if you're dealing with a burger, then you deal with the cheese on top of the burger. So we we were we did sadly could not have the burger brawl this yeah, summer, Man, which I is just... one of the great experiences. <laughs> I loved Judging that, yeah, Rob Wasserman and the the whole thing, but but uh, uh, yeah, I, that honestly, there's it, there's an art and a science to those things, and 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 the perfect burger, the, the journey of looking for the perfect burger is half the joy. It's I, so great. Yeah, I recently I came across a burger. It's this guy. I I guess he has a. It's like a food truck, and he does like pop ups right. in, in the area. And uh, I I missed his, his latest pop up was like down the Jersey Shore, but like. A picture of a burger is probably the only food picture that makes me salivate. You actually start to get a. And I'm like, oh my god, I need a have a lobby right in now. response yep. to that. Yeah, yep. You it's become funny. a burger cuck. There, there <laughs> are, there are burger joints in my life that non-chain places that I have actually considered taking a needless, way out of the way trip just to go have the burger again sometime. <laughs> yeah. As it, for for a, a, f- a few years, when I was a little kid, we lived in South Carolina, a small town called Greenwood, South Carolina, and there was a a burger joint called the Dixie there. Yeah, and we contested; they had the best burgers in the world. Really? Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I was a kid, but I would like to go back there and find out for that for that moment for that time for your experience. We used to go to a place; it was a kosher deli, believe it or not. After church, uh, we go to this kosher deli, and they had the most phenomenal. Burgers, but you, and you, but you do remember. You wonder, a would the place even be there, and b would it be that I was just at that time? Yeah, 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 totally. yeah, yeah. You yes. said Greenwood, yeah, Greenwood. It's, it's still there. Okay, I, I, I checked not that long ago. It's, oh, it's, called, just, 
called the Dixie. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're seeing how far away is it? It's only a 14. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's yeah. just say 15 hour drive. Really? So you go to Amsterdam and Preston, you go there. <laughs> but I wonder because in in that my lifespan, I've had a lot of great right. hamburgers and cheeseburgers, and I'm wondering, it was it just then? You know, so I don't know. Listen, I know and I understand <laughs> your disdain for Jimmy Buffett, and uh, I respectfully disagree with it. I like <laughs> Buffett a lot, but the song Cheeseburger in Paradise hits home because it's if, great. If you're out on the beach and you are going up to a burger joint and you get that cheeseburger in paradise. There's something about it coming off the beach, like the salt water in your hair or whatever. It's and and the tall, cold beer to go along with it. It's there's nothing quite like it. I like mine with lettuce and tomato. I I like mine as well. (laughs) French fried potatoes. Fifty seven and French fried potato. For sure. I'll do it just plain. You know, I don't mind putting things on it, but like just the 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 taste of the burger and the cheese together. By the way, Preston, this just in. Uh, that 15-hour was, uh, if you were avoiding highways, it's really only 10 and a half hours away. So oh, okay. You could be back before the end of the show. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it so feels is that the, way. Have you ever checked to see if the place is still in existence? Yeah, Preston? it is. Yeah, it's it is. Still okay, there. yeah, yeah. Yep, it's still do they there. have the Preston Burger? Now, do they know how famous <laughs> you are? But I, I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah. maybe maybe someday. And we've talked about it before. You you know, a ridiculous road trip you've taken. Right. Just, just to get for, yeah, a specific food item. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might be one of those. Someday maybe I'll do that. But anyhow, this would be a great gig. $500 and you get to great. Now, they will also, uh, you'll receive the funds to travel to the places to test out the burgers. I mean, it's along the lines of divers, drive-ins, and dives. So, so you're being... Diver, great. Yeah. Diners, diners, diners drive-ins, and dives. Yeah, and divers. Uh, but... You uh, are just tasting cheeseburgers. So. so they're sending you around Amsterdam to... to... No, no, no. They're in the U.S. Oh. Burgers in the U.S. It's an Amsterdam-based... I got it. It's a, it's a website based in Amsterdam, but they're looking for burgers in the United States. Okay. Because, I mean, come on. It's where we're... You're, you're not going to get did. burgers. You're not going to get good burgers out Where's the best the burger you ever had? Because I, I, I can't pinpoint... I don't know. I Like, in my mind, it's that one at the Dixie. Yeah. I can or tell you... There's a consistently a burger that I always love to get. There's a place called Great Takeout. It's in Massapequa, Long Island. Yeah, and uh, it is so. When you go in there, Preston, it, it is a it is a. He has like a a a butcher. He has the meat right in the window there, so mm-hmm. it's all fresh. And when you go in, that's the best consistent burger I've had over the past couple of years. Ooh, you but, know what? You know, the, there's a place in Delaware called Harry's uh, Savoy, Savoy Grill. Yeah, on two hundred two, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's a steak place. But we used to live close by there, so every now and then we get takeout, and I tried their cheeseburger one time. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh. I need to go back down there. The Kobe burger also at the... Uh, the Moshulu. I yeah. know you love that. Can't beat that stuff. Press yeah. the Dixie. Is it a thick burger or a thin burger? I don't remember. You don't remember? I oh, don't we got to go. I know. We got to go. We got to go, like, right you know now. What? Rouge's burger, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. There's a lot of DM burgers that are great. There's a lot of great burgers. Yeah. Listen, we should sign up and be a part of this thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All we right. can do it. But it's a... I mean, we don't have any real jobs. What's skinny legs, Nick? That looks really yummy. Uh, it's my favorite burger of all time. Skinny's in uh, St. John, U.S. Virgin Islands. It's on the other side of the all island. All right, let's go. Yeah, we're all going right, there next. Go. South Carolina. <laughs> we obviously, we need to map out a trip of a cheeseburger tour. Mm. We have to do that sometime. All right, uh, here's another thing. Here's another dream job, but this is for drinkers. Michelob Ultra, and Nick, this might be good for you, too. I applied. Uh, did you really? Yes, I did. Michelob Ultra has announced the opening of a new position. Chief <laughs> Exploration Officer, whose duties include traveling through national parks in a camper with a fully stocked fridge of beer. Uh, the gig also includes gas money, not to mention a salary of fifty grand plus expenses. So they're encouraging you to drink and drive? Is that what's going on here? That's it, okay. what it's all about. <laughs> 
Uh, Can you do it and still live? The main requirement is a deep appreciation of nature, willingness to hike, and ability to capture engaging media. So... Uh, they're looking for people who have what it takes to do that. I think that's kind of, I mean, that is one of those things we were talking lovingly, Preston. I was uh, talking to some friends about, you know, when like Guinness used to do the pub giveaway. Yeah. That was a thing that was fun. This is a cool idea to give somebody this opportunity to do this. You don't you don't see these kind of promotions anymore. Yeah, it's uh, they, they seem to have been popping up because of pandemic. I think so. Yeah, we um, might see a resurgence. Yeah. Uh, hang on. I got to go to this call. What? I got to go to John. Hey, John, good morning. Morning. Hey, what's up, man? Dude, Greenwood, South Carolina. Yeah. The Dixie is still there, and the burgers are that good. What, I, are, are, do you live in South Carolina or visit there or what? Um, we were traveling uh, about a week and a half ago, coming back home, and we stopped in there, and they are that good. Seriously? Oh, we, wow. That yeah. he, So this is recent preston and he's saying that good that's not like a major metropolitan no, area it's, no. a, it's a pretty no, small no, town no. we were we had to go to aspen heights okay and we were coming back through and we just happened to stop there for some reason and the burgers are good you still have to eat outside you can't go in right but they're not greasy they're just full burgers with Everything on it, and it was one of the best cheeseburgers I've ever had. In my wow! Life. There you okay. go. Oh, I got to tell my sister about that. Hey, John, are they thick or thin? They are thick. Okay. okay. Are right. they veiny? Thank you. Jesus. Come on, man. a little hairy. Uh, John, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Wow, never in my wildest dreams I think anybody would call in with that here in Philadelphia. Wow, interesting. All right, uh, let me see. What else do I have? Let's talk about this. Um, Cracker Barrel Ooh. is adding beer, wine, and mimosas to their menu. Get Ooh. the hell out of here. This is the first time it's sold alcohol in this 51-year history. It's... I wonder why all of a sudden they're allowed to. Or well, they're they trying to, to become the chic place amongst the uh, the hipsters, Brett. Yeah. The country goers. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the company get decided... the buns in there. They, they decided to make the change after testing the concept uh, starting before the pandemic began and getting an overwhelmingly positive response from customers. So there's a few things about Cracker Barrel. Um, so we always joke that no matter what time of day you drive by, the parking lot is full. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also their little store, like you can go in and find great stuff. Like yes. I've gone there specifically for the store and, and didn't even eat there. I've gone Christmas shopping. Yeah. No. Well, their holiday decorations, some of their holiday stuff is awesome. Yeah. That's where I get my ED medication. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, and also, if you have somebody who's like a, like a car buff or something like that for... Uh, if you want decorations mm-hmm. and things, they've they've got stuff like that that you can buy. The so. best of Mel Tillis. It's right here. Yes. Yeah. You'll, you'll find that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and vintage candy. Yes. Uh, is, oh, yeah. Vintage well, candy and soda. Yep. Yep. It wasn't intentionally vintage. It's, it's just, just been on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they, had this, they had this candy my sister always loved as a kid called Goo Goo Bars. And you can't find them anywhere. You right. can't find them anywhere. I didn't they, even know we still had them. <laughs> it's like yeah. that, the scene of the Naked Gun. That Oh, they opened that place up again? <laughs> the they closed it seven years ago. No, also, see, the, they pick it up and go, <laughs> and blow the dust yeah. off of it. It's vintage. Yep. Goo Goo Bar? Goo Goo Bars. Uh, and what is it? 
I've forgotten what's in it. Peanuts, chocolate, I want to say marshmallow yeah. and Babies. caramel. Yep. Yeah, yeah yep, I think you're so. right. Yep. Uh, also, oh, I love those things. <laughs> yeah, okay. Google Cluster. I'm yeah, sorry. That's yeah, that's it. it. Yep. Another great thing about them is you can sit down and uh, basically have your food before you even hand the menu back to them. Like, they, they're so quick. Right. Yeah. It's not a complex menu. <laughs> but I, I wonder what the, so the introduction of alcohol into that. Yeah, because their whole thing is predicated on on your they're they're processing people through. If you're not outside playing checkers and the rocking chairs, well, that's the thing too. If you're able to get some sort of alcoholic beverage with breakfast, um, that may lead slow it down a little. That bit. may slow it down, yeah. lead people into lunch. You know, make it more. A, maybe they'll have like a DJ there. <laughs> you know, playing the best of Jim Neighbors. Welcome to Cracker yeah. Barrel. <laughs> Uh, so I, I would assume since it says beer, wine, and mimosa, it's going to be pretty easy serving-wise to get that stuff out. It's not like they're right. going to have a bar. Right, right, right. right. Uh, so, excuse me. Um, also, what that I wonder what that means for service if you have to be, well, yeah, you'd have to be over 18, I would imagine. Uh they Barrel, just put them in sippy cups. Cracker Barrel plans to add beer, wine, and mimosa to some 600 of its locations by the end of the fiscal year. Ah. Uh, the company has more than sixty-six, uh, more than six hundred sixty-six locations in forty-five states. This is actually a tectonic shift in Cracker Barrel because Cracker Barrel, I never thought they would ever have a, an alcohol menu. Mm-hmm. I know, I, and I don't know why I have so many Cracker Barrel stories, but a friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> it's is, time for Kathy's <laughs> Cracker Barrel stories. <laughs> Uh, so she has a teaching job, full-time teaching job, and she still... Time for Kathy Romano's Cracker Barrel stories. She still takes one day of her weekend, and she works at Cracker Barrel because of the amount of money that she makes in the morning for breakfast. No kidding. So, yep. Wow. wow. <laughs> well, a friend of ours worked at an ice cream place, would do it all the time, no matter how, for years and years and years, and kept working there, like I think just on the weekends. A, because she loves it, uh, or loved it. I don't know if she still does it, but also because the money with it, people were tipping like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All right, so uh, that's going to be that by the end of the fiscal year, which I don't know when the hell that is. But, uh, yeah, they're going to be rolling that out. So a little mimosa with your uh, with your grits and your pancakes and all that other yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I love grits. And that actually, that's the first place I ever had grits. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're good. All right, uh, that's all I have time for. So that's hope- been the connoisseur, and we ended with the Cracker Barrel. Hopefully, you guys got something out of that. Uh, we are going to take a break because we have a few things to get to. Oh, I do want to remind you of this: we have a thousand dollars to give away Thursday morning, and it's what we call a watch and win. You need to watch the show. It's a new show on Fox called "I Can See Your Voice." Wow! It's on Wednesday night. Comes on after The Masked Singer, which I think earlier I said is hosted by Ken, Kim Jong. It's Ken Jong, obviously, you know who he is. But he's hosting this new show. It comes on after The Masked Singer. And you have to answer Thursday morning after watching the show three separate questions. But we're giving you one question per, per day that you're going to need to know the answer to. So yesterday I gave you one, today the second one. And it is as follows Which singer brags about being in a punk band? Jot that down. Watch the show tomorrow night. We'll give you the final question tomorrow, and then we'll ask all three, and you should have your answers on Wednesday or Thursday morning. Um, And by the way, it's a brand-new show on Fox 29 that asks the question, can you guess if someone can sing without hearing their voice? Mm. All right, so find out what that's all about. Maybe win $1,000 on Thursday morning. We're going to break. We're going to come back in just a moment, and we will be right back because we got the B-File coming up next. Stay with us. Hey, gang, it's safe to say we've never seen anything quite like 2020. Challenging, uncertain, unprecedented. Go ahead, pick an adjective, any adjective. We'll wait. 
We've been through a lot, probably with more to come, but we've stuck together like Philly always does. It's pretty easy to feel helpless, but there are a few things we can do. Like social distancing, avoiding large crowds, and wearing a mask when you're out in public. It might seem like a pain, but it's nothing compared to what some people are dealing with. So let's do the things we can do while we have to, and we'll get this great city and great country back to normal. A message from your friends at 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Let's do those stories. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, brought to you this morning by Armor Metals and Recycling. That's who it is. Yes, get cash today. If you need cash fast, bring your scrap and e-cycling to Armor Metals and Recycling and walk away with cash today. Located in Pensauken, New Jersey or at ArmorMetalsRecycling.com. I love this story. When big wave surfer Doug Falter lost his surfboard in a wipeout in Hawaii, his best hope was for a local fisherman to maybe pick it up. He never imagined it would be found more than 5,000 miles away in southern Philippines. Unbelievable. More than two years after watching his pale blue custom-shaped board disappear in the huge swell of Waimea Bay... Falter was altered uh, via social media, alerted, I'm sorry, via social media, that it had been found near the remote island of Sarangani. Sarangani. Was it working as an accountant? It was not. Uh, <laughs> and the new owner, a local school teacher and aspiring surfer, Giovanni Branzuela, hey. was happy to give it back to him. He said, when I saw the picture of it, I could not believe it. I thought it was a joke. 5,000 miles. I was certain that that board would never be found again. Uh, Brenzuela, who bought the badly weathered surfboard from his neighbor a couple of months ago for 40 bucks, uh, said the fisherman found it floating in the sea in August of 2018, six months after Falter had lost sight of it. Uh, they thought it may have fallen off a passing yacht and sold it to Brenzuela's neighbor for a few bucks. Uh, despite months drifting across the Pacific Ocean, uh, the name of the board's shaper, Hawaii-based Lyle Carlson, was still visible on the now yellowish surface. It's amazing. Uh, curious, Branzuela looked him up on Facebook, sent him a photo of the board. Carlson shared the picture on Instagram, tagging Falter. Uh, Branzuela said, it turned out it's a surfboard from Hawaii. I couldn't believe it myself. It's been my dream to learn to surf and ride the big waves there. Uh, for now, I can use his surfboard, and I told him I will take good care of it. The pair have been chatting on Facebook. Falter plans to visit the small island to retrieve his board after coronavirus travel restrictions are lifted. He said it was my first big wave surfboard custom shape for myself. I surfed it on the biggest days I've ever surfed in my life. How great is that, man? I love it. In five years aboard the Tropical Hideaway 2, uh, Jerry Ash has ridden out some bad storms. That's the name of his boat, I right, guess. Right, Hideaway, right. The Hideaway 2. Uh, but Hurricane Sally was different. Anchored at the uh, Perdido Key RV Resort and Marina in Pensacola, Perdido. Ash and his compatriots uh, in their similarly tied-up sailboats hunkered down for the night before the winds had picked up. None of them were expecting it to get as bad as it ended up getting. But they saw a man stuck on the pillar under a local bridge. Oh. And he wasn't expecting that either. Ash was alerted to the man by onlookers, trying to figure out how to help him. The trapped man had been on a boat. Anchored at the neighboring marina on the other side of the bridge when it broke loose and capsized. 
Ash would come to learn that the the man's only option was to cling to the underside of the bridge all night as the hurricane passed with Category 2 force winds and relentless rain. This so week, he was hanging onto the pillar underneath a bridge during a Category 2 hurricane. All night. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, unsure how to help Ash and This night sucks! Had posted... <laughs> Had posted a grainy picture of the man to Facebook. I don't like this guy! Asking anyone to pass along a message to rescuers. Eventually, rescuers did come with jet skis, but the winds were too much. And so, Ash... Can you bring me a sandwich? Ash resolved to do it himself. He said, I knew if I could get get to my boat, I could get to him. Uh, He said, so I came out here, I grabbed my kayak, my kayak. Yeah. And about, Do you know anyone has a kayak? A kayak? A What are you saying? Say canoe. Yeah. Uh, at about 500 feet of rope, and I went out. Ash paddled out to get the man on the rope. Several on shore helped pull him in. Uh, the man had a dislocated shoulder and was understandably shaken up. <gasps> they saved him. I was rescued by a bukkake. <laughs> a kayak. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I one of those. Uh, this is an interesting story. A woman fell out of a car and onto a busy highway while hanging out of the passenger window to film a Snapchat video. Police in the UK had said the unnamed woman was dangling out of the vehicle on the M25 motorway south of London. Uh, It's only by luck that she wasn't seriously injured or killed, they said. They posted a picture of the open passenger window alongside the hashtag no words. Asked by a user if officers explained the dangers of the attempt to the woman, the police replied, "Every chance they worked, uh, every chance they worked it out before we spoke to them about it." I don't even know what that means. That must be British. Uh, some 259 people worldwide <laughs> died while taking selfies between 2011 and 2017. Researchers found the most selfie deaths occurred in India, followed by Russia, then the U.S. and Pakistan. Proof that narcissism is lethal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Be careful. Uh, And then we'll go with uh, this story. Uh, The bleach that is being sold on the Amazon marketplace is typically typically used in industrial processes, including textile manufacturing and bleaching of pulp or paper. In small doses, it can be used to disinfect water, but the concentrations being advocated by pushers of MMS, Miracle Mineral Solution, are well above safety levels. Proponents of MMS falsely claim... That it is a cure-all for almost all diseases, including malaria, HIV, AIDS, cancer, and now COVID-19. So all you have to do is drink this bleach and you'll uh, be better, huh? Uh, they also market it, untruthfully, as a cure for the condition of autism. Uh, since the start of the pandemic, the FDA has been trying to clamp down on fraudulent dealers of quack remedies claiming to protect against the virus. Last August, the agency issued a strong health warning that MMS bleach products could be life-threatening. The American Association of Poison Control Centers has recorded more than 16,000 cases of chlorine dioxide poisoning, including 2,500 cases of children under 12. Several deaths of people drinking bleach marketed as a miracle cure have been reported across South America, including in Argentina, where a five-year-old boy was reportedly reported to have died in August, having been given chlorine dioxide as a COVID cure. Uh, In the past, Amazon has removed from its platform several pro-MMS books, including those by the founder of the movement, Jim Humble. He claimed to have discovered that chlorine dioxide cures malaria while on a gold mining expedition in the Guyana jungle of 1996. Bless you. Uh, so, not that guy. Bless yeah. you, Kathy. Yeah, bless him for, for curing all those people. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh, my God. Bless you for bless curing you, people with your chlorine treatment. Yeah. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file. All right, uh, we have a guest on the line. 
Uh, the Union, currently in second place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're going to play Cincinnati FC tomorrow night at okay. 7.30. The winningest team in Philadelphia right I now? I believe that is the case. Yeah. And we would like to welcome the head coach. Please give some love to Mr. Jim Curtin. Yay! Good morning, Jim. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to be on, and thanks for the support so far this year. Our, our pleasure, and uh, congratulations. Uh, as Steve had said, the most winning team <laughs> in Philadelphia right now. That's got to be a feather in the cap. It's a good thing, yeah. Second place out of 2016 is good. We're scoring a lot of goals. We're defending well. Uh, the only sad thing is uh, the, the fans haven't been able to enjoy it live at, at Subaru Park, but we know they're supporting us from afar. And yeah. we'll, we'll get, I mean, listen, things will change, and we'll get back to where we need to get back to, but you're providing a lot of entertainment for people regardless. I think so, yeah. Like, like I mentioned, you know, the team's having success on the field. It's a really lovable, fun group to watch. You know, we have, gosh, 15 different countries represented, and, and we've kind of come together, and, and it's a really great locker room. The players have done a great job. This, our staff has done done excellent. They've made my job easy throughout the year, and I think it's a team that, you know, Philadelphia can get behind. Uh, we're, we're young, we're, we're fearless out there, and uh, we're afraid to cha- not afraid to challenge anybody. Hey, Jim, as, as a coach who has a team that's, that's doing well, is having some success, and, and you know, you've been at this for a while, you've been the coach for seven years here, yeah. do you lighten, or do, do you try not to interfere too much since the team is uh, is gelling and they, they, they have the, the keys to success, or, you know, I mean, because I think, you know, I'm not a coach, but I would imagine micromanagement yeah. could be uh, uh, a step in the wrong direction. That's a great question. That's a, that's an ESPN question. There you <laughs> go. Look at you, man. Look at uh, me. But, no, there is – there is it, it's a real fine balance because, again, you – as a coach, you want to create an environment where they feel comfortable, where each player is getting better each day. But there is a certain point where you just get the heck out of the way and shut up. You know, when they're, when they're in a good rhythm and, and things are going well and – uh, they're confident. Um, you don't want to. You don't want to interact and, and, and interfere too much. Uh, so again, uh, it's finding that balance. Uh, we want to keep things going in, in a positive direction. Right now, we're winning at home. We're winning on the road. So, uh, yeah, at a certain point, uh, the players for me always deserve all the credit, uh, and, and they've been, you know, making the, the staff look very good right now, and they're playing some really exciting soccer. But yeah, it is a. A fine line. As a coach, you're always guarding against uh, that next letdown. You want to prevent that. Um, and, and right now we've been able to avoid that uh, in, in a good way throughout the season. And we have to keep that going still uh, still with 12 games left. Nice. Jim, what was the um, the Orlando experience like for you guys? I mean, the, you know, the bubble seems to have worked for the NHL. It, uh, the, I think the uh, NBA uh, figured out how to do it as well. It looks like baseball playoffs are going to be headed into a bubble as well. What, what was it like for you guys? Yeah, look, I have to be honest. We were we – were, you know, very skeptical going down there. It was scary. You know, you show up literally off of a, a charter flight and you're you're funneled directly into what usually is the happy, smiley place in Disney World and there's kids everywhere running around and it was eerie. You know, you, you get shuffled in to get tested and it almost felt like that, that scene from E.T. where, you know, everybody has the hazmat suits on. And you right. Have, you're kind of going, what the heck is going on here? But I have to give the league a ton of credit. It, it was a safe environment. Uh, the, the things that Disney did down there, uh, to keep it safe um, was impressive after, you know, an initial couple cases where people had come into the bubble with cases that got weeded out. Uh, one team had to leave, which was unfortunate. But after that, there was literally no no positive cases. So it was safe. It does work, uh, the bubble. Um, you know, you lose things like the fans, which are so important to our game. But overall, uh, a really unique experience. And in a weird way, it brought our team closer together. I think you saw down there. Some teams treated it the right way uh, and grew from it and, and adapted and changed like we all have had to do during this crazy time. Um, and some maybe um, 
were a little divisive and, and kind of you saw teams break up a little bit, which was, um, which was interesting. Uh, but overall, uh, it was a safe environment. It was certainly unique, something I'll never forget. Um, but I'll just put it this way. I have three kids, but I'm not going back to Disney for a while. <laughs> well, I was 35 days down there, and that was plenty for me. <laughs> you also adapt, even like the NBA was uh, COVID testing all the Instagram models they were bringing into the hotel. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Well, it was incredible. I would You would go for little jogs around this mile-long loop that they had set up for us, and I accidentally on the first day with headphones on took about five steps off of it and was running. And the police grabbed me right away, and I had to show a credential. I mean, it, mm. it's strict, guys. So Yeah, well, that's uh, good. sneaking them in, they, they, they must, must be doing it on boats or something like that. But. <laughs> they're, 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 dressed, they're dressed as Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, Jim, I, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but, but let's say the team wins the championship, which uh-huh. would be a wonderful thing. Um, with the this season and uh, no fans and it's super-duper quiet in the stadium, if you guys won the championship, do you think the Sons of Ben would take the opposite approach and sit there completely silent during the entire games, <laughs> not even cheer when you score? I don't think that would happen. Mm, okay. <laughs> no, those guys are crazy. But That's no, a stretch. It would be amazing, but, uh, yeah, again, this season will always have a little bit of an asterisk next to it for sure, but I can tell you guys the intensity of the games. Once the whistle blows, these guys are professionals, and yeah. it is the same game, you know, and, and they, um, we miss the fans and, and that feeling of, of the highs in, in Subaru Park when we score and the Sons of Ben are, are going crazy and the Keystone State Ultras are going crazy. That's, that's special, um, and we miss that, trust me when I say it. But um, we're going to approach this, this season as a chance to, to lift a trophy um, while it will be a unique one uh, we're going to give everything we can for the city of philadelphia to try to get that done but yeah, i can i can say if we do win uh those sons of ben they're going to light something on fire I don't <laughs> hey jim on, on a personal note we hear tell that uh that you have a history with our camp out for hunger yes yes i'm down there usually every year it's, it's an incredible event that you guys have been doing and i remember listening to it when i was back in high school and uh it's incredible what you guys do for the city at all times and did anything I, I can do to help support did i hear there. that that you would skip school and come down to the event from time to time i no don't, don't get me in trouble at this one, Kevin. Some of the, some <laughs> mom of the and dad are probably, listening <laughs> the might still be uh i don't even know if any of them are still alive but we won't rat you out yeah no. All right. Well, listen. We want to congratulate you on on a, you know an exciting season so far. Still more to go. Cincinnati tomorrow night at seven thirty, and uh, we'll be cheering you guys on. Thank you so much, guys, and thanks for the support and keep growing the game of soccer in in Philadelphia. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Jim Curry. Yeah! Yeah! Philadelphia Union. They're doing well. It's wonderful. All right. Uh, we do need to take a break. We will come back in just a moment. Don't forget Matthew Modine is going to be joining us shortly after 9 o'clock. And uh, I'll get you some of the details you need to know about winning $1,000 from us on Thursday morning. When we come back, I'll tell you about that. Stay put. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com to schedule a free one-on-one virtual appointment with the real expert jeweler. Real diamonds, real people, real jewelers. Steven Singer Jewelers. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. There's a new show coming on uh, Fox 29 tomorrow night. It's called I Can See Your Voice. It comes on after uh, The Mass Singer. The Mass Singer comes on at 8, which is the uh, the return um, and you will need to answer three questions on Thursday morning in order to win $1,000. I gave you the first one yesterday, giving you the second one today, the third one tomorrow. Then you watch the show tomorrow night. Thursday morning, I'll 
ask you to answer all three of those questions. So the designated caller will win $1,000 if you can answer correctly. So today's question to remind you is which singer brags about being in a punk band? Uh-huh. So while you're watching the show, jot down the answer and have the other two, because I gave you the one yesterday and we'll give you one tomorrow, and then get yourself ready to listen on Thursday morning to win $1,000. I lo- can see your voice. Love to give that to you. Yes, and apparently, Steve, it's a brand new show that asks the question, can you guess if someone can sing without hearing their voice? So I guess they take a look at you yeah. and they eye you up and try to determine nah, whether this slob can't sing. you have a good voice yeah. or not. So we'll see. Looks can be deceiving. We all thought Kathy could sing. Yeah. <laughs> little did we know. Yeah. yeah. I told you, in fourth grade, my mom called the music teacher. And wanted asked to be in select choir? Yes. She was like, please let her in. She really wants to be in it. And the music teacher was like, sure, yes, of course. And then I never got Your invited. Your daughter is a horrible singer. <laughs> and it, her singing actually hurts the students' ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All I right. loved it so much. And I just, so, it was so terrible. We'll see who wins on uh, Thursday morning. Uh, Nick brought up an interesting story that we thought was worth exploring a little bit. Do you want to you wanna tell us what happened with you? Sure, yeah. I mean, the, the short version is I got a parking ticket last year. And, what? Uh, I know. <laughs> it, but here's... It, it, Anybody got a parking ticket? 2152? No. <laughs> there's more to it than that. It was July of 2019. And right. uh, for the first time, I used the app. I never uh, downloaded that app that you can get from the PPA. Right. And I was at a, uh, a restaurant with a friend, and I thought that I had added more money. I know that I had added more money because the receipt showed up on my on my credit card. But All right, the, so you, you've parked. You used, parked. you used the app, which is if you see and, – and then people are using it more and more. Yeah. Now they suspended it for a little bit during the COVID. Well, Okay. Yeah. So, so, so since then, Steve, I actually deleted the app because I, I, I ran into this issue, and it. Uh, I thought that it had worked properly. It didn't. It might have been a mistake on my end. I, I don't know. All right. Um. But so I, I thought that I um added money to the meter while I was at the restaurant with my friend. Uh, get back to the car, see the parking ticket. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I know I put in more money. Whatever. All right. So, um, with the PPA. Uh, they make it relatively easy to dispute a ticket online. Right. So I you, thought using the app, I assume it would even be easier. Using the app, and you, all you have to do is punch in the ticket number, right. and they say uh, they'll they'll send you an update and they'll email you. And, right. and so this again, this was July of 2019, and I never heard anything. I held on to the little uh, receipt that um, uh, you know the file that said that I had filed this this dispute. Um, and I actually had a, a photo in my phone forever of the ticket that showed up just in case. Right. Right. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Like three or four weeks ago, I was like, well, I guess I, maybe they, they dismissed the case. I don't, I'd never right. heard anything. Uh, so I deleted those things. So yesterday in the mail, I got an, uh, a, delinquency, a delinquency notification from a law firm in Chicago. And it says uh, your vehicle may be booted. Your vehicle may be towed. You may have your registration suspended. Um, and it is now attached to a... Uh, a one hundred and one dollar fine on top of all of that. Yeah, but it, it's coming from a law firm. I don't think that means anything. That's nothing. You don't? No, I because don't. I to... don't either. Uh-huh. Well, okay. So you guys thought this this might be not not a scam or some kind of an issue, but it has the ticket number on it. It has the violation date on it too. Yeah, they want you to to call them and so that you can hire them to take care of this. They somehow got your information and that you got a ticket. It's it's public record. That's my belief. So this is my last car. And I don't even own this car anymore. Right. And I never, I never got any notification at any point at all from PPA. So I don't know if I should call, contact the parking authority or I'd, like. I'd be curious. I'm, I'm wondering. I think you're fine. The, the uh, well, here's the deal. You can't, you can't yeah. be flippant about it because right. you want to make sure. But I, the, to me, it seems weird that the city would turn over. No, this is no. I'd call nine one one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Call him right I, now. You know. Oh, see, it says Nick McWhat the f. Yeah. 
So I don't know what to do. I don't know if they're if they're if I should follow up because I don't want to get my car booted. I don't think that they're going to go to that extreme, but I don't want to have this uh, something on my permanent record with a PPA or you know the next time I drive into the city have this thing lingering over me or to incur more fines. You don't want to go out and just you know the, the, you know the Chicago way, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Nick, it's I'm, not even a bill. Up. It's not even a bill that you can pay. <clears throat> okay. Do you know what I'm saying? They, no. They're not giving you the option to to pay this. What about they giving me the option to do? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like where you would fill it out and, ma- and mail it in and pay it. Like, yeah. hey, you. This is if you get a ticket from the city, you have you can fill it out and yeah. mail it in and pay it. Yeah. This is just a printed with some information on it. And it has a creditor's reference number, which is also the ticket number, but it also has is the violation date what, of when I got the ticket. What does it instruct you to do? Uh, Spin around with your finger on your nose. Mail. <laughs> Well, that seems silly. <laughs> Mail your payment in in the enclosed envelope. Pay online at philipark.org or pay in person at the payment center listed below. Where's the payment center? In Philly. Chicago. Not, <laughs> see, that sounds legit. That's why I think that it is because legit. Because you're freaking out and you don't, you're not going to pay this because you know you took care of it. So you're going to call these people. But I don't know that I took care of it. I, that's, I never got any notification from PPA at any point. I, re- I don't know what to do. I don't even know who this, what this number is. It's a, yeah, an 855 number in Chicago, Illinois. Hmm. And it's a, I apparently owe one hundred one dollars for a violation that I never heard anything. To about. me, those like those park parking tickets would to, for me would probably be public record. Like so, they in I other words, I found out with, a while ago that insurance wise, Philadelphia has they have <clears throat> insurance companies in Philadelphia and attorneys hire these hire people to scour the records. Mm-hmm. To follow up, we're the most litigious. Apparently, the amount of lawsuits based on car accidents is through the roof in Philadelphia because there's such an aggressive after accident um, uh, push to incite these lawsuits. You see the commercials all the time. Yeah. So, so um, and because they are public records, you can send somebody through and, and just have them scour records and contact people. Yeah. Do you feel you got enough from the insurance company or whatever? And that's what happened. So I think this might be in some way tangential to that. I have a question about the parking app, though, too, Nick. Is there, like, if you, let's say it says uh, three-hour max parking, right? Right. And you get to those three hours. Are you allowed, you're you're not allowed to, like, re-up that. Can you add funds to it? I, I don't know. This, I, I don't know. All right, that's a good question. Yeah. My thing is, I believe with the app, with the app, can't you keep paying for that spot? Well, if, if, because, it's a, if it's a two-hour max, you're not supposed to. Now, we had a singles mixer in Conchahokan last year, and I parked in, like, a two-hour parking place in Conchi, and I went out. Was to, it at parking? It was not at parking. Well, I don't, you know, it's, right. I don't recall. All right. What I did was, two hours later, I went out to my car. I saw the chalk mark on my tire. Right. right? You licked it off. I did not, but... And there was a guy there, a parking guy that was uh, handing out tickets. And I said to the guy, I said, if I pull my car out into the street and then pull it back into this thing, I said, am I good? He goes, yeah. He goes, you've left and you've come back. Okay. You know? Oh, and so the chalk mark will have moved from where where they had marked it, Mm -hmm. maybe? Is that how they saw it? Of course, if you give me a hand jab, I'll look at it. Oh, my God. I was like, I'll do that anyway, bro. I need to know if this is true or not. Somebody texted and said, parking tickets in PA have a two-year statute of limitation. Just ignore it. Yeah, what? I mean, that's you know. <laughs> just talk to Pierre. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Pierre, I'm, the ultimate source of law. And this is only one year. You know, yeah. this is a year and, and a couple of months ago, so I don't know if that statute of limitations is uh, in existence or now, not. Now, I'm waiting for something to come in the mail from New Jersey because I was in my wife's car driving into Atlantic City. And you robbed a bank. I did not rob a bank, Steve. What, what happened was, uh, I so she doesn't have Easy Pass, so I had to throw my change into one of those little change thingies. Oh. And it never Registered. I'm just, I, I threw, it was 75 cents or whatever. I threw it in there. I'm waiting for it to go like, cling, 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 cling. All right, go ahead. Right. And it never did. So I'm like, oh my God. And I like threw another quarter in there. Still nothing. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, I don't have any more change in the car. And I just took off. Uh, hang on a second here. Now I need to know if this is true too. It says, Nick, the PPA is not a city entity. It is a private company based out of Chicago. Well, what does PPA stand for then? Uh, Philadelphia Parking Authority. Mm-hmm. People who live in Chicago. So, people who <laughs> live in, uh, pass a uh, <laughs> town called Chicago. No, um, so, no surprise that you got this from a law firm in Chicago. If you no longer own the car and it has a different registration, ignore it. I don't know if that's true. I'm curious. That's interesting. That would I mean, be really interesting if the Philadelphia Parking Authority was based in Chicago. My Man, Philadelphia it's... Parking so, uh, so, uh, Authority, a Chicago corporation. Yeah. My general approach to things like this is ignore the problem. It'll go away. I think mm-hmm. so. That's a good good piece of advice whenever the law is involved. <laughs> right, yeah. But I, for this one, I just because it says I actually am supposed to pay online at philipark.org, which is where you pay these fines or you pay any parking ticket, huh. that's why I'm a little thrown off by it. Yeah, because that's if they're if you're that's contacting legit. the the parking authority, right? Then it's legitimate. Okay, it seems like I. That's what I would surmise. I mean, I, I don't know. That's why making heads or tails of this stuff is always a nightmare. Um. All right, we got a lot of what? Huh? Some guy peed on a church. All right, <laughs> well, let's go to him first. What does first. that have to do with it? Well, let's find out about I, that. Yeah. Well, how yeah. can we not, Tim? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I was detained and cited for allegedly urinating at a church. Okay, all right. What does right. it have to do with parking? <laughs> the thing is, I get, I still get letters from law firms all over the place that, like, basically threatening, saying I could get uh, further charged for, you know, indecent exposure and exposing myself and all kinds of things, and to call them. Um, and again, it's, it's a scam. It's a complete scam for them to try and get you to pay them a couple money just to advise, just to Tim, pay them money to advise. Because that infraction is public record, they have found this and they've they've contacted you. Absolutely, that's my understanding of uh, a friend who's a lawyer who said you know that they get this stuff floods their their okay. desk all the time. With you know, especially young lawyers will get stuff on their desk, um, you know, to, to try and drum up some business. But you know, huh. it's, just, it's a complete scam. Tim, yeah, did you pee on the church? Uh, I mean, that's, that's, is that really important? <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. I find in favor of the defendant. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a letter from the Pope. <laughs> Dear Tim, you peed on the church. Uh, Send me $100. Let's see here. Let it go. Yeah, we have a lot of people who are saying they get um, that they get letters all the time from speeding tickets from uh, which are generally low level infractions. Yeah, um, yeah. Here, you know, a, a, a lot of these calls are similar. So I'll go to a handful of them here. I'm going to go to Dan. Hi, Dan. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, Dan? I believe that law firms will reach out to cities with delinquent fines, and they will take the rights of. Uh, collecting on those citations and give a uh, percentage back to the city. I see. So that they work out a deal. They say, they say, okay, listen, you're not getting any traction on it. Let us take a crack at it. If we get something, we'll split some of the money with you. Right. And I think it's uh, 
the, the city will go and pick uh, the best deals uh, from law firms uh, that reach out to them that will give them the most. Interesting. All right. So that's got to be bottom of the barrel stuff. Right. Right? Yeah. But like, I guess I, if you, if you up, do it in right? bulk, yeah. You know, if you're doing a whole bunch of these, uh, maybe that's what entry-level lawyer, you know, people that are yeah. working at the firm have to do. I don't know. The people without the cowboy hats. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to trust those guys. You don't uh, get a cowboy hat yet, son. Yeah, I, you got to do five years of this first. Like the Lone Ranger. Why are you somebody, hanging out with that guy? He doesn't have a hat. Somebody uh, texted in and asked that I, if I have even still have the same license plate from that car because you can transfer an old yeah. license plate from right. an old car to a new car, and I don't. So oh. there's no link from my old car, which is the one that got this ticket, to my current car. It's a new car with a new license plate, like... I'm thinking about just ignoring it entirely. You completely got rid- shed that last identity too. You know, yeah, wear an yeah. eye patch and walk with the limp. <laughs> exactly. Now here's here's a cautionary tale. Let me go to TJ. Hi, TJ. Good morning. Hey guys. Good hey, morning. What's up, buddy? So a couple of years ago, I had gotten pulled over for an expired inspection and an expired uh, emissions. So cop pulls me over, gives me a ticket. No big deal. A couple of days later, I get a, a, a the uh, ticket in the mail from the magistrate. Pay it. Send it back. Whatever. Um. Everything's everything's good, right? So I get in all of these uh, notices like uh, Nick does with all of the different, hey, hire us, we'll take care of your ticket, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me. So a couple years goes by, and I get pulled over for a speeding ticket. Think nothing of it, send, the, send it to the mail, everything's all good. I get a notice back from PennDOT. They're suspending my license. I'm like, what is going on? So I end up having to go to a lawyer. Back and forth with uh, the court systems, apparently, I never paid off the fine entirely. I had missed a handful of fees. No idea. Nobody ever contacted me. I thought everything was all good to go. So there I am arguing in front of a court that I don't have a license now for six months over this ticket. Wow. Um, And so this was all as per the law? Nobody was playing light and loose with the the, uh, restrictions? No. So I'm actually in the lawyer's office, and he asks me, can I see your license for a second? So I, I, I give it to him. I'm like, yeah. He shows me the code, the way it's written in Pennsylvania. He says, this is the code that they're trying to nail you for. And he looks at the date of my license. He's like, you've recently got this renewed. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I don't understand how you were able to renew this. I don't understand how you even had this license because huh. this should have been taken away a long time ago. Okay. Let me ask you about the fees. Where... <laughs> Isn't there a bottom line total of you owe this, you pay this? Where where do fees come into play? Apparently, the fees came from the local magistrate's office. And you weren't and made no, aware of that. Nobody had sent me anything in the mail about it. Huh? I, how can that be? How can that be legal if you are not apprised of fees levied against you, yeah. and then you re, you you receive uh, punitive damage because of those fees? I have no idea. I spent $1,200 in lawyer fees trying to retain my license because six months is a long time to without a license. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be illegal for them to do that to you. You have to be informed of something, especially on that level, especially if you're losing your license. You would think, but there I was without a license for six months. I actually had to mail it back to PennDOT. Huh. And to make matters worse, it took them two weeks to process the return back to me. So you had, you paid court cost fees and your license was still suspended for six months. Yes. Oh my God. That's a bone job. Yeah. That's a technical. Any oh, yeah. any chance of following up on that, or are you just gonna <laughs> let it lie? Uh, I, I just let it lie. You're, you're you get to a point where you, you've spent so much money trying fighting it. It's, yeah. It's, you just or it. you become the Punisher. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or you hire a guy with a cowboy hat. Right. <laughs> Either one. Wow. Sorry to hear that, TJ. Thanks for the heads up, man. I'm hiring Laredo Pete. All right, see ya. But, you know, here's the other odd thing for me, and, and I mentioned this earlier, but I never received any notification at any point from PPA until I got this letter in the mail this week. So there, there was never any, hey, you owe us this money. Like, you, you, vi-, you know, if I had gotten that, uh, we found in favor of, uh, you, or we found against you or whatever, right. I would have paid the fine. But I never received any update at any point from PPA until this letter showed up. One would assume that with the app, and I use the app all the time, I find it very useful. It's it's a, it's a godsend. I love it when I park and I can add add time to something, add time to my, my uh, uh, parking time there, my duration. Uh, but you that, uh, we're assuming, gives an actual record. Right. There is an actual record of your time when you renewed it and so on and so forth. So in this case, wouldn't there be an actual record in the system that would show you were still parked and you had paid, you had upped your parking? And a credit card charge. And a credit card charge. I saved that as well, too. So I would have, I was prepared to say, hey, I tried to do this. I think that I did it properly. And if they, you know, some, I've gone down to the, to the court at the PPA where you're like, okay, I've done this. And sometimes they rule in your favor. Sometimes they don't, but whatever, it can be worth it. For this one, I thought I had a case. And so I, I thought it was a legit thing. And then to hear nothing until getting this letter is confusing. It's situations like this. I think, I think is the reason why so many people fall for the uh, the BS scams, uh, the phone calls that come in. You know, you owe money sure. to the IRS. You right. Uh, you know, this this insurance thing is not covered, and so on. Because you're su- you know we're suspect of them. Yes. Uh, and and but people who've had an issue like Nick might tend to believe now that if they call and say you owe this amount of money and you just pay it, you know what I mean, to avoid that. You do it the old-fashioned way. You you make good on your tab with iTunes credit. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Yeah, yeah, that's it. All that's, right. that's how you know you've handled <laughs> everything properly. George says he has an easy way for you to check this out. Hi, George. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Sorry to bother you at work. No. Okay. You're here to help. What's up, man? All right. So the easy way to find out, you go on the PPA website. This is how I pay my tickets all the time. You just um, you go to pay my ticket or pay my bill, and you punch in the ticket number or your license plate number, and it'll search through any tickets you got outstanding. The PPA, they're evil, so they're never going to notify you and say, hey, you guys owe me money. They're going to wait until it's maxed out until you owe them a ton of money. So if it doesn't pop up, then it's a fake thing. But if it pops up, he still owes them money. Okay, they never, so... They never forget, man. Yeah, right. yeah, no. Like an elephant. I believe it. Thanks. Yeah, Nick, so have you gone on the website yet? I'm mm. doing that right now. Check it Pornhub. out. Pornhub.com. Okay, Pornhub. Punch in the P-O-R-N-H-U-B. Let me see here. Somebody wants to mention the the parking app issues and how to fix that. All right. So I'll go to Christine. Hi, Christine. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, what's up, Christine? Nothing. So I work down in University City. And when I first went down, you know, they give you the app, and they say it's easy because you, if you are stuck there for a little bit longer than you're supposed to be, you can re-up on it. Well, when they re-up on it, so when you go through your three hours, and let's say it's a dollar an hour, right. the next three hours, you will get charged double. Okay. All right. So, then, so it just, as you add time on it, it doubles the amount of money that you put all dollars. right so if it the says time. if it says three hour maximum but yet you 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 have to you're going to stay longer it's going to double the charge per hour correct yep yep but so for, what you have to do is use the app when you're all done go down and pay and get a ticket and then as long as long as there's a break in between then you can reuse the app again 
See that? That's a that's like a trap. Yeah. And so instead of adding time, yeah. you're just saying let it completely run out and then act as if you're parking for the first time. Yeah, but because it does it by zone, again. right? You'll you be in like zone. The app again in the same zone, or else it will double charge you. Oh. So, and then if you keep going, because I didn't know, because it doesn't tell you that, and I work an eight-hour workday, so I work. I stayed for three hours. I'm like, oh, the convenience of the app. I can just add three more hours. I'm like, why am I getting charged now? I'm paying for I was there for nine hours. Right. Uh, okay. So if you if you let it know. let it time out and then like wait about a minute and then because you know the zone, you can put it in again and then you don't have to go down to the car. I mean, you, yeah, you, just... you have to go down to the car. Why consecutive? Or else you'll get double charged. So I so what I do and a lot of my coworkers do is we in the morning we'll. Pay as we go up, and then we'll just add it on through the app, so we don't have to go back outside. Or you can do it the other way. I'm not. I'm not getting it. So, so, somebody last time we talked about this, somebody else emailed in the exact same thing that she's talking about. So, so yeah, here's like you my. Can't here, use the app consecutively for the same zone, or else it double charges you. Uh, to me, like that, you're getting charged more. You think that it's easy, it's yeah. convenient, but it's, it's charging you more money than it initially charged you or what you think that, that you should be paying for that spot, what you initially paid for. Here's the deal, yeah. though. If you're, if you're, I guess it's maybe that is to deter people from locking and loading in one spot for all day or doing what you're attempting to do. Uh, yeah, but, but, but what's what's the difference, you know? Yeah. If they're getting money. Uh, you know, Thanks, maybe, people who go on doctor's appointments and they are thinking, oh, I'm stuck here for another... I just need another hour, and then they're getting charged for two hours. Right. All right and they so, don't even tell you. All right. Mm. Like I, I ended up emailing them, and they were like, oh, well, sorry. This is it's a pyramid system or something. <laughs> all right. Red I guess your, your, I guess your best bet would be then to actually pay at that little kiosk thing first, right? So yeah. if you're going to be there for a while, you pay the max time, and then when that time is up, you go down and then use your app as if you're using the app work. for the first for the time. For the first time. That could work. I've never used the app. I don't have the app on my yeah, phone. I've never. It's I pretty usually, I'm convenient. a garage parker, so uh, very rarely do I park on the streets. I so. use it all the time, like, in, in for example, mm-hmm. in uh, uh, Chestnut Hill and certain lots and so on and so forth. It's just quick. You pull in, you see the number, the zone that you're in. It'll, it'll tell you the zone that you're in. You can mm-hmm. use it in the lots as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, uh, and it, it makes it very quick. Um, and you, you put in for a couple minutes if you're running in to get something, and you know it's. I like it. However, in this case, if they're trying to corral you or force you into paying maximum money for, to go into a lot, that the whole the whole purpose of the app is to expedite the process. But if they're setting you up for the fail and setting you up for a ticket, gosh, they wouldn't do that, would they, Nick? I just. Um, it, it's one of those things. Like I, I know there are bigger problems in the world, but it really ruins your day when you get a parking ticket. And it, it like, yeah. And yeah. I, I thought that I had been doing the right thing, and I've deleted the app since. So I, I'm getting so many conflicting ideas. I don't quite know what to do. I tried looking it up um, via fillapark.org, but I don't remember my old license <laughs> number. So I have the ticket number, but I don't know what my old license. Listen, is. we revolutionized the weather forecasting industry with the Preston and Steve weather app. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's time to have a Preston and Steve parking. Do you parking guys know app? what your license plate number is? Any of you guys? Can no, use, no yeah, idea. I mean, you do? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't. You know, Nick, why don't I've you... had I've had the same license plate number for twenty four years, something oh. like that. Yeah. So yeah. Nick, why don't you um, try calling? Because I'm sure they can look it up with just your parking, the ticket number. Call the PPA? Yeah. All right. Try to Nick's, get somebody on the phone. Nick's right, though. When you walk up to your car and you're like, oh, somebody put a flyer on my car. Like, oh. Wait a minute. Oh, jeez. 
You gotta be kidding me. You know where it really becomes a nightmare, say for uh, if you're a if you're a contractor or if you're working in a town where you're going in and out and you're doing things, you're a delivery person, and you know, or your vehicle's not obviously a work vehicle, or uh, there's all sorts of nightmares and hoops you have to jump through, <laughs> and it makes it difficult. I, I know there's a contractor friend of mine. I was like, they're always ticketing me, you know, and it's clear that I'm doing work in a thing. How can they be so efficient there? Yeah, I know, yeah. Like, that's the one thing that they're like 100% at, right? I knew a guy who was an audio engineer, and he had a placard that he kept in his car. Right. And it said, emergency phone repair. And he would he would park <laughs> in a place without paying the meter, and he would just stick it in the... And we were at this guy's <laughs> office one time, and he goes... He goes, watch, come here, come out of the window, watch this. He's like, there's a cop walking up to my car right now. <laughs> cop walks up, kind of looking, has the sheet out, goes over, looks, walks away. He's like, wow. every time. Yeah. Now, I doubt you can get away with that. No, yeah, but no. He, but that's what he he had. It looked very official and said emergency phone repair. And he had equipment in his car because he was an audio engineer. Yes. Yeah. So he had, oh, it looked okay. okay. So he just had stuff. What if you put? Oh my gosh. President. President. Yeah. <laughs> no, just write a note that says <laughs> meter is broken. Z. <laughs> <laughs> spell meter is broken and yeah. spell meter wrong. Like yeah, I Casey did. did that one time. <laughs> I got honked off one time when my 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 dad was in the hospital, and so this is six years ago, and the meters by president. Presbyterian were broken. And so for a couple of days, you could park there for free. Yeah. And then they put bags over and there was no parking because the meters were broken. It's like, dude. No, no, no. Tough that, crap. You can't say no parking. Fix your friggin' meters. That's exactly right. The, the, the need to park is still there. It's Your yeah. obligation is to fix it or yeah. work out a way to charge for it. Yeah. Mm. I agree. I apologize to those who've been on hold for like 20 minutes, DJ and Phil. We got calls from other people who said uh, similar things. So uh, I apologize. I didn't get a chance to go to you guys, but thanks for holding on the line. And Joe as well. You were on for a long time. Uh, but we need to take a break. Yes. We have a guest coming up. We got Matthew freaking Modine joining us in just freaking a second. Matthew Modine. That's the man. <laughs> uh, but we also have Tad Tuesday. So please, if you're interested in a $350 gift certificate or floating world tattoo and piercing, Text the word tattoo to 39333. And if you want to check out their artwork, you can do it uh, at floatingworldtattoos.com or Instagram at floatingworldtattoos. They're located at 1729 South Street in Philly. Uh, we'll get a winner before the show's up. Coming back in a moment. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Mo Lauda and the Humble. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Hear and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Mo Lauda and the Humble. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So we're waiting for a uh, call from uh, Matthew Modine. It is indeed 910, right? Okay. Dude, believe me, I'm looking right now just to make sure. Hi, Casey. This is to confirm your interview with Matthew Modine on September 22nd. That's today, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. At 910 uh, a.m. Eastern. Okay. Okay. Because we had a call that was supposed to have the other day. Short size Jennifer Lopez. Oh, my God. That's it. It's Jennifer Lopez. Uh Uh, so we're, we're going to be talking to him about, uh, full metal jacket. And normally I would just wait until we get the guests on the line, but there's so much you could talk about in that movie that I think we can start talking a little bit about before he even calls in. Yeah. If you remember the, so platoon had come out and you know, they, it was sort of the definitive, you know, you know, Vietnam movie. 
And, and they, leading up to that, there had already been a lot of Vietnam Boys movies. and Company C and other movies. Full Metal J- Kubrick, who I adore, and you know you got me one of my favorite T-shirts, which is a Stanley Kubrick shirt, mm-hmm. um, you know, turned his his focus on this. And it is it's just it's just unlike any other. But yeah. it, it also, I think, ends up being one of the most emotional. It has one of the most emotional endings. It has probably the most visceral, tangible deaths in any movie I've ever felt when um, Cowboy. Private Cowboy dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it's you're you're just along and you're riveted all the way through. So for it to stand out as much as it did outside of those other movies that had come Formal. before, it yeah, was yeah because Platoon was huge, yeah, and, 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 and a great really, movie. It is a great yeah. movie, but. This one. Full Metal Jacket's another level because, specifically for the the boot camp uh, parts it of it, because it it you're like, where's this going to go? They right. haven't, they haven't even left the damn island yet, and this is already intense and as hell. In classic Kubrick, you know, way like he did in 2001, as he did with the uh, you know, you go from from uh, uh, you know uh, primitive man, you know, the bone mm-hmm. into the sky, and you take a jump forward to 2001 yeah. in space. In here, you go from the boot camp. Right to Vietnam. There's no, we're landing and we're getting acclimated. And they're right in the thick of it and they jump right to it. Yeah, yeah. so I'm looking for like running time, right? So I, 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 the running time was 116 minutes, right? So just short of two hours. Yeah. How much of that was spent at, at the boot camp? Like it's it, got to be a good half, half hour. Movie, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was about half the movie, but I, I don't know. I've never done the time on it. There, there's a, a little thing that that I never picked up on until I saw a um, a behind the scenes kind of making of thing about the movie, and so you have Arlie Army, who's the drill instructor, he's Hartman, and then you have uh, Private Pilot Vincent D'Onofrio, and there's a scene where um, uh, D'Onofrio they're doing you know uh, port arms, they're doing all yeah. the, all the the drill stuff, and he puts his, the the rifle on his on the wrong shoulder, and, right? And Hartman comes over and says, "You don't know your difference between left and right," and he starts smacking him. On each side of his face. That's right. the left side of your face. That's the right side of your face. And I never picked up on this, but there's one of the hits when he hits him where Pyle's hat comes up and spins all the way around 360 <laughs> degrees and lands back on his head. He hit him so hard right, yeah. that it actually knocked the hat off of him. It goes up and spins around and lands back on his head. And they were like, that's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> we're keeping that one because they couldn't have done they could have done that a hundred times and not had that happen. This is a movie that uh, I love, but I've only been able to watch once. No really? Yeah, because, it, wow. it, Steve, you talked about the palpable moments, and, like, it it affected me. You know, I, I, I carried it around with me for a long time, and I had a hard time, so much so that I, I could never really get around to watching it again. I, I must have seen it, Nick, 60 times. Okay. I, it, yeah, yeah. I, I love it that much. All right, he's on the line. He's, oh, he's yeah. ready to go. Uh, so we'll, we'll dive right into it. The... Um, the movie's available on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray combo pack, and digital. Please welcome Mr. Matthew Modine hey. to the show. Good morning, Matthew. I heard you. I heard you guys talking about me, so I called in. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, normally we never we never start talking about the the subject at hand before we get the guests on the line. But uh, leading into this interview, I was going to lead with where do we even start? You know, yeah. I mean, the movie is so iconic. It's so big. It's a Kubrick piece. You and the cast are amazing in it. I, I don't even know where to start talking to you about it, you know? 
Let's start with Two Life Crew making uh, sampling the songs. <laughs> oh, so yeah, yeah, that's oh, right. That's, that's how right. Big it was yeah. <laughs> it, it was we were talking Matthew about the fact that there had been some some uh, obviously some some movies dealing with Vietnam prior to it. We had you know the the Deer Hunter. We had uh, the Boys in Company C. We had uh, Platoon. Mm-hmm. But the Kubrick touch with this particular crew of actors. And everything came together. And I remember seeing it, and I, I'm thinking, okay, how do you top those movies? And I remember when I first saw it in the theater, I'm like, I walked out, and it just lived with me for for so long after. And I think a, a large portion of that had to do with you and your performance and the way you you enter into boot camp and the transformation that takes place down to what I consider one of the most emotional, heart-wrenching endings of, of a movie ever. And And, I mean... I have to ask you, as you approach the subject matter, you know you're entering a Kubrick film. Could you have even seen at that point how iconic and what a masterpiece Full Metal Jacket would be? No, the only the only window into that is Stanley Kubrick. You yeah. know that that having known what his reputation was, um, but you, you never do. You 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 show up and you do the best you can you learn your lines and and you hit your mark and and you hope you don't bump into the furniture you know the scenery so but i mean it, it is a big advantage having someone like stanley kubrick and the other vietnam movies that you mentioned i think that that's the important part is that we call them vietnam movies and what stanley kubrick was making was something much bigger that it's a story about young people i mean in those days just men but now it would be men and women it still it has a universal truth to it that we're taught our whole life to respect one another and you know thou shalt not kill and then we have a uh, in in those days a draft or or young young men and women uh, join up and then you have to reprogram them and and, and beat that out of them through the boot camp uh, initiation and and teach them as Arlie Ernie says you know to be killers yeah and you know to to pull the trigger before they pull the trigger just just trip and, just trip what is our what, what we're we're taught to not do and then and then do it and Kubrick had made the you know one of the definitive anti-war movies with, with Paths of Glory which is another masterpiece and and uh, and here you are and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but when you first received the script, it was really not like a, a standard script that you'd receive. It was almost like a like a like a, a a novel that you were getting with suggestions of scenes. That's correct. Yeah, it, it, of course, the book is, the screenplay is based on the book by Gus Hasford called Short Timers, and it, it, as you pointed out, it didn't it didn't it wasn't formatted like a script. It was. You know, the person walks in the room, and it was kind of, as you say, a suggestion of what might be said. Yeah. And then when Lee Ermey, Ermey, who was the drill instructor, uh, he was the technical advisor that was hired to, you know, help turn the recruits into soldiers to teach us how to march and use our rifles and, you know, authenticity in the the combat situations. And uh, there was another actor named Tim Colcheri, who was the door gunner in Vietnam, who's shooting women and children from the door of the helicopter. Right. Um, he was the original person that was cast to play the drill instructor role. And, uh, and Stanley heard Lee Ernie auditioning the, uh, the, the people that were going to be the recruits in, in boot camp. And these things that were coming out of his mouth were just crazy. So, <laughs> 
he had his assistant, uh, Leon Vitale, type up everything that Lee was saying. And then they made this very difficult decision was to let Tim go and hire Lee to be the drill instructor. And, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. How, and, how could you uh, get it any better than the guy himself? Yeah. Well, yeah, Tim yeah. still got I mean, a great line in with you. Just don't lead him so much. So he did have a standout <laughs> in that. But yeah. uh, asking about Lee, in true to form, during the filming, because that's what fascinates me because I know the film so well, um, did he stay separated from the guys playing the recruits, you and the rest of the actors, just to solidify you know, the, the difference between drill instructor and recruit? No, there wasn't any of that kind of behavior. Oh, okay. No, no. No, sometimes people ask me how I was able to keep a straight face with the things that Lee was saying. <laughs> but I, I, I'll tell you this, and I feel safe telling you because he, Lee is no longer with us, and he can't come and punch me in the nose. <laughs> but but uh, he he had the worst teeth, and he drank a lot of coffee and smoked cigarettes. <laughs> and then he, you know, he wasn't a trained actor, so he had to memorize all those lines. Even though he knew them and, and wrote a lot of them, uh, he still had to do, you know, you know for continuity, he had yeah. to do take after take after take. And and uh, so you, when he was yelling at you, you had bad teeth, coffee, cigarettes, oh. and nervous <laughs> tension coming, at, coming out of his mouth. And then, you know, people aren't supposed to yell that much. You're not supposed to yell 12 hours a day. Right. Uh, and a, a, a drill instructor might do it for half an hour, an hour a day over the course of the day and Lee was having to do it 12, 14 hours a day wow. and uh, his throat started to bleed. And oh so God. then they got him a steroid spray. So then it, it, at a certain point you had coffee, cigarettes, bad teeth, nervous tension, and then blood and a steroid <laughs> spray coming out oh your face. So, <laughs> oh my it, God. It was just, it, it was just hard. Matthew, yeah, um, it is, it, hard. is it true that the production schedule for the film was so drawn out that you not only got married, but you also conceived a child, the child was born, and then turned one all during the course of the filming? <laughs> we were married before we got there, but the rest is true. Wow. <laughs> that's wow. unbelievable. Yeah. But that's yeah. Kubrick is yeah. known for that. What I was surprised to learn, Matthew, is knowing the very – pedantic way that Kubrick is le the legend of Kubrick is, is, is a very pedantic. He's a very meticulous filmmaker, but I was surprised to learn that he, he allowed uh, room for onset discovery. W was that the case? Well, it was always the case. Yeah. And, and Leon Vitale, who had worked with him, as I say, and Barry Lyndon and then the shining and, and full metal jacket. And then uh, subsequently eyes wide shut, uh, you know, he he says, you know, oftentimes people will ask him, what would AI, the artificial intelligence movie that was Kubrick's movie that Spielberg directed, what would it have been like if Stanley directed it? And Leon always says, nobody knows, because Stanley wouldn't know until he came to the set and saw what the actors were going to do. So when you when you came to the set, you didn't have a casual walkthrough rehearsal of what you were doing. He said, no, you got to do the scene like you're going to do it, because otherwise I don't know where to put the camera. Because, you know, there's only really one right place to put the camera to tell the scene. And, you know, he would prevision and, and dream about and, and build, you know, sets and things like that. But, but he really didn't know where he was going to put the camera, what lens he was going to use or when the camera was going to move 
until he had a, a proper rehearsal. It's amazing because so he, 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 he came from the world of photography. He worked in, an, in a camera store. He, was, he, oh. he knew cinematography, um, you know, like the back of his hand and understood how, how cameras worked. But the fact that he would let that, he would let the, the scene and the actors help determine his idea of placement is an amazing revelation for me. Yeah, and then sometimes you know he wasn't feeling it, and he because he was a, a really good producer, and you know having gone on as long as we did that you mentioned that we filmed for almost almost under twenty two months, yeah. not yeah. Con- consistently. There was there was a car accident, and Lee Ermey didn't work. Vincent D'Onofrio blew out his knee, yeah. and missed some work. Um, but he he. He, you know, on an, another person, that would be an out of control, uh, you know, train. And but but we kept the budget within, you know, ten ten million dollars. Wow. Uh, making making the movie over that period of time. If that had been, you know, another director that could have easily gone up to one hundred hundred fifty million dollars. I um obviously the, the the finished product is a masterpiece. But I just wanted to ask if, um, if did you enjoy <laughs> yourself making the movie? Yeah, I almost said I was on one of those movies where the budget went like that. It was called Cutthroat Island. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. It's okay. It was not your fault. It was not your fault. Yeah, yeah. That was we, that started out at like fifty, and then ended up being like I don't know hundred. I don't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars that movie cost. But what what, did, what was the question you asked? Uh, did you what the the finished product is 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 a masterpiece? But did you actually enjoy? yourself while making the movie or was it was it um laborious laborious yeah well the good thing is that a friend of mine gave me a roloflex camera because you mentioned stanley kubrick had a photography background and he said you know if you learn how to use this camera this medium format roloflex camera it'd probably stanley be really impressed and you could you know kind of crack the ice and start a conversation with him because we all assumed that he was going to be somebody who was almost robotic and not right. have anything to do with you. And he was absolutely the opposite. He was a kid that grew up in, in the Bronx in New York and loved making movies, loved baseball. He, you know, uh, he, he, uh, he was a normal guy. He That's was, so cool. He, he, and so I taught myself to use this medium format camera. And, and Stanley said, look, if you're going to take pictures on my set, this is the camera you should get. He told me to get this autofocus, auto everything, Minolta. And I hated that camera, but I loved the Roloflex and the way the way. And so I, the important part was that if you're going to take pictures on my set, that was unheard of. And so Stanley allowed me to take photographs on the set with this wow. medium format camera. And uh, so I published it with my, a diary that I kept while I was making the film. It's called Full Metal Jacket Diary. It was published into a limited edition metal covered book. With a serial number, there's only 20,000 of them. I'm never making any more. And then this genius from Apple, Adam Rakoff, he said, would you be interested in making it into an app? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, uh, uh, we'll have you read the book. We'll do music and and sound effects. And uh, we'll take all the photographs that you took on the film and scan them and do high-resolution scans of them. And then uh, we'll make an app. And I said, how do you do that? And he said, well, that's the hard part. And then he spent the next year and a half uh, building this incredible app. That's, it's only available on a, for an iPad. And right now. Well, uh, I have an iPad. For, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Right now, you, you can download it for free. 
to as a celebration of this 4K release of of Full, full Metal Jacket. Well, just so you know, I actually purchased this 4K. I'm waiting for it to arrive, and so I feel entitled to then download that free app on my iPad. I'm, that's, 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 that's very exciting. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a great celebration of a great work of art of, of which you are an integral part, and uh, it's it's an amazing yeah. celebration. Yeah. So thank you. Hey, we appreciate the call. So, Thanks so you, much. Yep. What one of the things that you said in the beginning was that about Vietnam, yeah. and and the the genius of Stanley with this film was that he didn't make a movie about Vietnam. He made a movie about war, yeah. And and as, as as we mentioned before, about what happens to people that you know, and 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 just to tip our hats and say thank you to all the veterans who yes. served in all the wars. That, uh, that th- there's the scars that we see, and then there's the invisible scars that they carry with them sometimes to their death. Right. And and that's that's the, the psychological scars, the ones we can't see. Are, and that's why it's so important to love and, and take care of our veterans because they're seeing things that they know, things that they've seen, like that thousand yard stare that we tried to get uh, Private Joker to have at the end of Full Metal Jacket. That, right. Absolutely. Uh, uh, well stated and and uh, and good advice to uh, to uh, actually uh, you know to to uh, respect and honor the uh, the people who who actually did this for real and not in a movie. So yeah. uh, we know you yeah. got to run. I'm surprised you <laughs> you didn't mention Linda Fiorentino who from Vision Quest who's from Philly. <laughs> Yo, I was Dude. going to ask you. I was going to ask you about it because I was actually getting my teeth worked on yesterday. Crazy for you came on. Uh, it was just play- and then our overnight guy was like, "Dude, ask Matthew Modine about Vision Quest," but this was not about that. We, we talked yeah. about Vision Quest last time, yeah. but we yeah. could do a whole segment on Vision Quest, man. I love it. When the 4K comes out, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, done deal. We'll make sure that happens. You are the man, Matthew, and we love you on Stranger Things as well, so keep up these great projects. It's wonderful to talk to you today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Matthew Modine. Yeah. you got something for me. Wow. Listen, they, about five minutes ago, they, they called they our the hotline, up, and they yeah. said to wrap it up, so that's why he I kept, kept going. going. Yeah. I know he kept yeah. going. I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll go for another half hour if you want. We'd go all day long. You could just do that on uh, that that final sequence in Oof. Full Metal Jacket. If you've, listen, I'm sorry, but I'm going to, you know, the original plan of the script was, and the original, I guess the story, which I never read the source material, is that Joker dies. Um, but they, 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 he, he was talking about a process, and and he said, Kubrick thought that the real, the real thing would be that he he saw his drill instructor get murdered, yeah. he saw his best friend get murdered, he he had all these scars. What's what's more of a burden to carry, being yeah. killed there, or or to live a life with those memories? Mm-hmm. And so, but at the end, when they're marching along, these guys who are who are just young men. Yeah. And they start singing the Mickey Mouse theme. And and he's like, we've been through a world of S, as he said. Mm-hmm. But we are alive. We, we're alive. Yep. But and, and before that, the other scar he has to carry is what he does to the girl. What, yeah, what, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's got to, yep. you know, and, and while... And he has to. He, yeah, yeah. And, and he, he volunteers to do it yeah, pretty yeah. much so. But it's... Uh, 
So yeah, it, he's got to carry that too. If you guys just go to INDB and and look up Full Metal Jacket, and there's a whole bunch of different cool little trivia tidbits about the movie. And what I just found out was that Joker, yeah, his actual name, uh, his on his shirt in uh, Paris Island reveals his real name, which is J T Davis, and that is a deliberate reference to special uh, specialist James T Davis, who was uh, first officially recognized as the first U.S. casualty in Vietnam no in kidding. 1961. Uh-huh. Yeah, not like that. Yeah, it's a lot. And so I do that quite often when, um, you know, we're going to talk to somebody or just, uh, you know, I want to find some stuff out about a movie that I love. IMDb has just a wealth of really, really cool tidbits and then some goofs, right? And I understand that the movie also uh, meddled in taekwondo in the Olympics. Olympics. So when Joker is on uh, first watch, right, he's using, and this is a a movie goof, he's using a 1980s Maglite brand flashlight. Okay, a little continuity (laughs) thing. Yeah, that's, like, not, that's atypical of a Kubrick film yeah. because he will go, he'll go to extra, or went to extraordinary lengths to make sure that stuff was, yeah, what was there. But I mean, the but fact who that, notices? Wait a second, that flashlight didn't come out until yeah, 1980. Yeah, something glaring like that. But I mean, <laughs> oh, there's he, one in, in. I'm sorry to interrupt, Steve. Yeah. In uh, speaking of another great war film, uh, Saving Private Ryan, that uh, when Tom Sizemore character uh, uh, Mike, he's he's uh, taking the they first land. He starts he, he scoops the. Uh, of the dirt into yes. a, a can, and one says Africa, and one says Italy, and one says uh, France. That uh, they point out that it was drawn in Sharpie, and <laughs> Sharpies <laughs> were not invented okay. or until in, blah blah blah. Uh-huh. In Gladiator, when the Emperor pulls up in a Prius, yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, wait come on, it's like, they didn't start doing hybrid come, vehicles until I mean, there were still combustion engines at that time. Yeah, so I own the movie on um, not on Blu-ray because it just came out, but I have it on DVD, and. I, I think I might watch it with my son. He is 13, and I definitely watched that yeah. when I was his age. Yeah. Well, it, there are a couple of scenes that are, that are you know, I, I may ask him to turn away, but... Well, this is 4K. A, this yeah. is also so if you have, you know, the, the resolution and the, the scenes, especially at night with the, with the fire and, the, and, the, and the, uh, the, the sniper sequence, which is the, the way the fire is caught and everything, and the... Uh, there, there's nobody, no filmmaker it, visually, like, like Kubrick. Visually, he's uh, unbelievable. So, yeah. Some of the films are a little bit uh, too quirky for me yeah, personally, yeah. but the um, but you can't deny the cinematography and the just the framing is just unbelievable. It's, and that's that's his his camera ability. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, not again. You're talking about I love all the the stuff, and I know, but it's not everybody's cup of tea. But like mm-hmm. Barry Lyndon, which is a period piece. Every every scene in that movie could be. A, a photograph hanging in a museum. That's how, how beautiful it is. But this, in particular, is just as a visceral, emotional masterpiece. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, he had mentioned uh, Linda Fiorentini, Fiorentino. Yeah. yeah. Um, I heard she's hard to work with. Yes. We got a text from a listener who said that uh, he is distantly related to her, and so I texted this person back. Asking if uh, we could uh, maybe chat with her through this relation. And this this uh, listener wrote back saying, probably not because they had a falling out. Apparently, she's a real pain in the ass. Yeah. The problem started with her mother before she passed away. And so um, maybe we that's one of these people we end up not wanting to talk to. I think uh, I think Kevin Smith had a, a tough time yeah. with her. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. 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 But but what if we actually strike up a friendship and she buys us a fire truck? That'd be yeah. nice. Whoa. I mean, things happen. <laughs> Possibilities yeah. are endless. Fire! <laughs> um, yeah, Case, I, I think you should show Seamus. You know, I, I should show it to my my guys. Yeah. I don't know if they dig it or not, but um, uh, it's such a it's such a badass movie. 
The was, scene, the, the scene where they when they first go to when they make the jump to Vietnam and surfing surfing bird yeah. is the song that you hear, and they're moving slowly. Yeah, yeah, and they're moving slowly behind. They're having the protection of the tank that's rolling in front of them. And uh, they're going into an urban setting, and you know the the one guy you know strafes a whole bunch of of the enemy running, and he, he, he look on his face is like I did it, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Cowboy ever do much after the? Or oh besides yeah, that? yeah. What else? Oh, wait, is wait, he wait, wait. I'm thinking. Um, I think uh, a lot of character work. Wait, wait, wait. Um, uh, hang on, I gotta find out who Cowboy he was. was he, I... he, he starred Norma Ray. He played Norma Ray because the guy who was Animal Mother, he's he's been in tons of yeah. stuff. And, and but but a few yeah, of the guys. that's Adam Baldwin. Uh, Cowboy, I feel like I've seen in a bunch of other things. Uh, yeah, Arliss Howard is that guy's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lost World, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, he's the um, he's the um, the the crappy uh, company uh, uh, executive who sends them in the second time who wants who's who's behind trying to secure these animals. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's he he usually ends up playing the dick actually. Okay. And he's such a likable guy in this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, what he was a medium, you know. That show with Patricia Arquette. Yes. You guys recall that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, that was... Uh, that was well, great. Yeah, that was an excellent I love it when actors like talking about great pieces of work that they've been a part of. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's like pulling teeth, yeah. man. Like, to, to coin somebody who was in this movie, we had Vincent D'Onofrio on one time to talk about it was Law & Order or whatever yeah. show he was on, one of those shows, and he just did not want to be talking about it. Yeah, and it's a shame because you yeah. know it's something that a lot of people love and, and and derive pleasure from you know from these works of art, and so maybe they're just tired of answering those questions. But oh, we think when, when Richard Roundtree came in here, I'm a massive fan of the of of, of the black cinema of of, of uh, Shaft and all those classic movies, and he came in and he, he almost seemed a little reticent to talk about it. And then when we were off air and just yeah. hanging out, yeah. he just loved talking about yeah, it. I'm like. <laughs> what do you think they were actually beating up Private Pile with? I mean, it looked like they, it was supposed to be soap and, right. and towels. They might add sponges or something in there. They just filled out the yeah. size and fluffer nutters. <laughs> fluffer nutters are pretty soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat them afterwards. Yeah. Apparently, though, they had to do that scene like ten times. Really? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would imagine scene, they because uh, uh, you know you can you can have a realistic looking bat as we learned from the Three Stooges movie <laughs> yes and uh, and it looks like you're really hitting him in the head with yeah. it but uh yeah they probably had like sponges or something in it all right interesting conversation very cool movie we're going to take a break we're going to come back in a second and some bizarre file stories oh wait you my friend so stay with us The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. I just realized I haven't even mentioned today, the, it's the final day for the flash sale oh, yeah, ah! right. of the Kathy Romano's uh, Fall Activities t-shirt. Uh, it's a long sleeve shirt, by the way, so you, I, usually it's till like noon today, I don't know. Yeah, so get it before noon. Yeah. Get it now. Um, you can go to the rock shop, and it's also the last day for the... Uh, what's that? Three? Ah. Oh, three o'clock is when the, you can order till. All right. And also the President and Steve shower beer can holder with built-in Bluetooth speaker. Get it. <clears throat> so it's a flash sale, and you just go to the rock shop at WMMR.com. Makes and a I great think, gift for dads and grads. I think it's in aisle two. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a couple different uh, areas that you can shop. I don't know. One one is for c- certain kind of items, and one is for another. I don't remember. I think aisle one might be... 
things that are permanently on sale, yes. and then aisle two are the oh, the all right, like specialty so, items. I think it's like all that. right, yeah. So anyhow, today's last day for both of those. So if you want to grab them, get them now. We're gonna do bizarre five. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's bizarre, bizarre final. Brought to you by AutopartsExpert.com for yeah. hard-to-find brand-name parts in stock and in our area. You can order your parts and pick them up in about 30 minutes. AutopartsExpert.com. Police say an Edmond woman, Edmond, Oklahoma woman, was busted for driving while high on marijuana, and she kept her good time going after being pulled over. An officer tried to pull over Megan Gaddis Thursday night because she was allegedly driving too slowly and repeatedly switching lanes. But Gaddis had sped up and ran a red light. She flashed the officer a peace sign. Police ended up using stop sticks to stop her joyride. And she was arrested in the parking lot. And police cam footage shows Gaddis got out and did a little dancing before she was uh, taken into custody. So she must have been pretty happy about something. Uh, She's accused of eluding the police and driving under the influence. One person, only one person, suffered injuries after a motorhome exploded. Sunday morning in Missouri. Uh, Fire protection responded to the explosion in a forest. Fire officials said that one person suffered first degree and second degree burns and was flown to the hospital. I can fix it. (laughs) Investigators say the explosion happened after a propane leak. Oh, man. The victim lit a stove and then the explosion occurred. You always live in fear of that stuff. Yeah, it caused uh, significant damage to the motorhome and some damage to nearby vehicles as well. You also hear these things happening every now and then. A 17-year-old girl faked a brain tumor to found a charity she used to con pop stars out of hundreds of thousands of dollars and make her and fund her luxury trips to Disneyland. Megan Bahari, uh, no, Bari, I'm sorry, Megan Bari uh, founded Believe in Magic to help other terminally ill children in 2012 before she died in 2018 at age 23. But it wasn't of the brain tumor. It was what, something completely different. What did she, she die from. of? Uh, Embarrassment? She, heart failure related oh. to her fatty liver. Oh, my God. So from high, living the high life, right? I think it might uh, have who been. Who knows? But it still, it was, a, it was a con job. Yeah, when she first appeared, appealed for money to travel to the U.S. for treatment on her tumor, oh. doctors were concerned about her frequent visits to the hospital, which did not find anything seriously wrong, and her use of powerful opiates. Do you think it was sort of... Um, Fate that she ended know. up that way. Uh, Believe in Karma. Magic, backed by One Direction, the band, as well as Taylor Swift, Michael Bublé, and Ed Sheeran, was dissolved last week after a charity commission investigation found that sums of uh, nearly a million dollars were wow. missing in their books. Uh, and an inquest recorded uh, Miss Barry's death as caused by heart failure related to her fatty liver with no mention of a brain tumor on her medical records. Uh, parents of other children with cancer became concerned about her accounts of her illness and started investigating before her death. Uh, Joanne Ashcroft from uh, Wigan, wherever that is, uh, who met her at a charity event for sick children with her son, Corey, noticed fundraising appeals for the treatment lacked details. She said, I spoke to other oncology parents close to me who felt the same. Our own children have been through the most horrific diseases and treatments imaginable. There was just something in the words that didn't ring true. Uh, they hired a private investigator who found... Ms. Bari had been staying at uh, Walt Disney World, uh, and she had traveled there on a cruise line uh, for planned treatments. Mm. Investigators found cash withdrawals of $300,000 had been made the year in November 2015, and another over 300000 here and there. They kept finding all these things wrong. Right, right. And uh, her social media post had said, 
In 2015, that her tumor had grown tentacles, which wrapped around the brain's blood supply, making surgery too dangerous. But it turned out to be not true at all. A total scam. Yeah, messed up. All right, and then we'll do, let's see. Time for a couple more. Uh, Let's go with this one. A man who married his own mother-in-law. Oh! Says he has no regrets, despite the unusual start to the relationship. I don't regret it. Clive Blunden was actually arrested when he first tried to marry Brenda in 1997, who was, before that, his mother-in-law. And despite Brenda admitting she wasn't so keen when she first met him, more than two decades on, the unusual couple say they have no regrets. I thought he was a loser. Uh, People thought that we wouldn't last, but we're stronger than ever, said Clive, who's 65. We were were together 24-7, and there's a magic to it. Uh, Brenda, who is 77... Uh, added that uh, Clive is a gentleman, and he looks after me. I can get a bit argumentative, but he quietens me down. How old is Clive? Clive is 65. Oh, well, they're in the She's ballpark. She's 77. But Wait a second. Okay, what? so she was the mother-in-law? He, he, yeah, so he, his wife must have been younger, oh. much younger than him. But this story doesn't say anything about the, the, the wife, the, the daughter, yeah. or anything, which is kind of interesting. She's missing out on that keeper. Uh, but I, I was not... I, you don't really hear of people marrying their mother-in-law. No. It's usually contentious, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and in fact, he was arrested shortly after they got mar- after they registered to get married. He was told that there was a lawful impediment to marrying his mother-in-law and warned that he could be jailed for up to seven years if they went ahead with it. I don't care. Uh, so he went about getting the, uh, uh, getting the law changed. You can't fight love. Uh, it oh, was my God. Ten We're years. looking at their pictures. Ten years before a European court ruled a ban on in-laws marrying was a violation of human rights. So, love found a way, Steve. Looks like the uh, Lucas uh, Creature Shop. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we'll do one more story, and then we will wrap it up. A new lawsuit claims a man's Starbucks order left him disfigured. Tommy uh, Pulyev was at a Starbucks when he says the lid on his hot tea came loose and the drink spilled over his hands, stomach, thighs, and genitals. And it had fell on the windowsill and then came over on him. So he got showered with it. Third degree burns on his fingers, second and third degree burns on his pelvic area. Lawsuit says the then 22-year-old spent 11 days in the burn unit. His injuries were so severe that intimacy is now painful and awkward. It's like Kathy. I know. It's true. And he can no longer play the piano. With his penis? No, his fingers were burned in it, too. His lawyer said the nerves have grown back and uh, healed, and he learned to walk again. Because of a coffee spill? Yeah, because that tea, even hot tea, yeah. Uh, Because that took a while to learn how to walk again and those comprehensive injuries around the whole section of your body. The suit alleges negligence and product liability by Starbucks and Pactive Packaging, which provides the cups and lids. So you wouldn't think that, you know, just a cup of, of essentially boiling water thrown on you that quickly can do that much damage, but uh, I guess it can really <laughs> can rip you apart. We're looking at a picture of this guy. Come on, man. I know he's in pain, but that looks like he's faking it, right? Let me take yeah, a look. Yeah. Uh, uh, what happened to the photo? There's a news story. Well, it's uh, video, uh, but yeah, you, you'll see. Yeah, there you go, Steve. It's up on the big screen. <laughs> really? Oh, man. Oh, it hurts so much. I can't, oh, I can't perform sexually. You yeah, take but, the picture now? But he, he did get third-degree burn, so it's permanent scarring, so it, it's All legit. Right. I don't know. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in a bizarre file for you. Okay, um, one uh, more time. Actually, I'll do it probably again after this. But um, Thursday morning, give away $1,000. 
Uh, and it is with the uh, Fox 29 show, I Can See Your Voice. It's on tomorrow night at 8 p.m. It comes on after The Masked Singer. And there are three questions you're going to have to answer Thursday morning. We're giving you the questions one day at a time. Gave one yesterday, one today, one tomorrow. Today's question is, which singer brags about being in a punk band? So write that down. Note the answer. Jot that down. And if you have all three of them tomorrow and you're a designated caller to give it to us, you win $1,000. It's not a lot of work for a grand. No. It's a brand new show. Ask the question, can you guess if someone can sing without hearing their voice? I've always wondered that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Finally, it's coming It's coming to fruition. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment, and we'll have the lesson question trash and music news when we return. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. You know what? We should do a side-by-side photo. Maybe I'll see if Marissa can do this. Of Bill Weston and Matthew Modine. Because we had Matthew Modine on earlier. And while we were in the middle of the interview, Nick pulled up a picture of him on his own Instagram account. And I'm like, that looks like Bill. Yeah. It looks... Kathy, did you see the picture? Yeah. It looks a lot like Bill, does it not? <laughs> it does, yeah. Even Bill agrees. Bill is in here. I wonder how much Matthew Modine gets that. Yeah. I mean, like, all the time. You look Bill? Like Bill. You look like Bill Weston. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's right. true. Um, well, we have today's lesson question to ask of you. And as a prize to give away, we have a $60 Metro Diner gift card. Uh, so the question we are going to go with is, what kind of weapon rack would Casey feature in his reality TV show called Bros Before Homes? 215-263-WMMR. So what kind of weapon rack would be featured in Casey's reality TV show, Bros Before Homes? He and Chuck D'Amico are going to start that. Let's see if you know the answer, and we'll do the trash while you are calling us. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it's brought to you by autopartsexpert.com for hard-to-find brand-name parts in stock and in our area. You can order your parts and pick them up in about 30 minutes. Auto Parts Expert. Com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Courtney Kardashian taking to Instagram to share her five rules of raising her three children. Courtney wrote, quote, nanny, 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 nanny. <laughs> Many speculating that lyrics in Miley Cyrus's new song uh, she says that says she could not pretend anymore are actually a diss on her ex-husband, Liam Hemsworth. Astute Cyrus fans also point to the following lyric, which goes, I never loved Liam Hemsworth, and he has a small penis. No. Oh, my God. And finally, Cindy Crawford's daughter, Kaya Gerber, is reportedly heartbroken over the breakup of her relationship with Cara Delevingne. Friends say Kaya often wakes up after dreaming of making love to Kara, only to find herself alone in bed with her tongue out. No. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. All righty, to the phones we go. Let's see if somebody knows the answer to today's lesson question. What type of weapon rack would be featured in Casey's reality TV show, Bros Before Homes? And I'll go to Dean and see if he knows the answer. Hey, Dean. Hey, what's going on, man? All right, buddy. What kind of weapon rack are we talking about? A bazooka rack. Bazooka rack. You got it, Dean. Hang on. $60 Metro Diner gift card celebrating National Chicken Month right this September. Oh, sweet Jesus. The chicken experts. <laughs> this is great news. The chicken experts at your neighborhood Metro Diner have added meaty boneless and traditional wings to their menus. I'm in heaven. Alongside their last game day packs that will feed the whole squad this sports season. 
Available for takeout or delivery. You can order online at MetroDiner.com. Here we go, music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. I only have three stories for you today. Uh, We'll start with Marilyn Manson. Marilyn gave up drinking absinthe after being seriously injured in 2017 when a giant pair of pistols from the stage uh, that was part of the set fell on him during a show at New York's Hammerstein Ballroom. I remember that incident. So he believes that absinthe led to that. Well, no. (laughs) Despite having surgery, he avoided... So what's the connection? He avoided taking uh, painkillers. Oh, and gave up absinthe, uh, so uh, because he would have normally medicated himself with that. But he said he did it because it clouds the frontal lobe. Yes, that's uh, what absinthe does. He said a lot of people find absinthe to be artistically enhancing, but it also bends your brain a bit, sometimes in a bad way. When you are convinced that you're doing uh, what you're doing is really great. When it's just the drug telling you that. That's what I realized a while back. Have you ever tried it before, absinthe? Not real absinthe, I don't think so. I've, you I've tried, d- I can't believe it's not absinthe. <laughs> I tasted some that somebody told me was absinthe, and it tasted kind of unappealing, and I'm like, eh, I'm not getting anything. So is there, is there, if there's a taste to it, what is the taste like? like you tried to, is, is it? Oh, yes. It's disgusting. Like bark. It's, 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 it's like I drinking it was like dirt. Minty. Yeah, no, like no. if you see it in the movie, like in Euro Trip, it, it looks like it's minty or green yeah. or whatever, but the actual absinthe uh, is, okay. is made from. Wormwood, I think. It's uh, harsh. Yeah, it's it's not good. I saw people do it before or drink it. And, I mean, all of them within, I'd say, a half an hour were sleeping on the couch. Okay. Like Jägermeister back in the day, the word was it was illegal in the United States. I mean, it was... And that's why I'm like, well, I have to try some of that, you know. And and then I went on a big Jäger kick, and that became my drink of choice. Right. Now it tastes kind of disgusting to me. Yeah, so... But the accent, they were heating it up. Interesting. Like I, like, I don't know if that's... So, so a friend of ours... Maybe that's the case, because if you ever saw uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, <laughs> they, uh, they're they they're having it, and I believe it's warmed up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A friend of tradition. ours brought it home from Germany. This was mm. years ago, and so they everybody wanted to taste it, and I was like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I, I always had the impression it was made you sort of trip. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was the rumor, so... Well, I'm telling you, it was so bizarre to see the three people that took the shot or whatever... Just pass to, out? But, it, what, but they were like... It, they were almost like in. They had to like hang out together. It was like a drug. Like yeah, they were, yeah. they were together on it, and then all of a sudden they were sleeping. Okay. For those of you who missed the thrill of an opium den, it's probably yeah. the <laughs> our our former custodian Jose drank absinthe with Marilyn Manson. Yes. Mm-hmm. We had him on his tour bus, and he did a shot of absinthe with him and uh, Dita Von Teese. Dita Von Teese, yes, as well. What, what did what did he he came in? What were they saying? It's your birthday. What was it? How did that exchange oh, yeah. go? Oh, yeah. Go, go, Jose. So they made him dance. It's your birthday. Yeah. And then they're like, go, Jose. And then they're like, it's your birthday. And he goes, May 27th. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is Marilyn Manson telling him, to, you know, it's your birthday. And so it, it, Marilyn loved him. He loved him to death. They yeah. were talking about Chupacabra. The whole deal. Mm-hmm. All kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. We have to find that. Oh, we, that'd be we, great. We, you know what? com. We should look that up and see if the Dan and the gang have that. Uh, after leaving the hospital post-surgery, Manson said he also left the painkillers behind. He said, being uh, that I had taken them in the past, which increased it to recreational use, I didn't want to fall prey to that. So I just didn't do it. And he's now doing commercials for Peloton. So uh, he's completely changed his <laughs> lifestyle. Manson released his We Are Chaos album earlier this month. The new 10-song project is a follow-up to his 2017 Heaven Upside Down album. 
Readers of UltimateGuitar.com rated their favorite solo Ozzy Osbourne tracks over the past 40 years. Not surprisingly, seven of the songs came from his 1980 debut, Blizzard of Oz, and four from his 1981 follow-up, Diary of a Madman. So remember, this is guitar, UltimateGuitar.com, so these are guitar players that guitar. are their favorites. Uh, number one is Mr. Crowley, huh. which is really? interesting, right? Uh, then you have Crazy Train, Bark at the Moon. I love the solos in Bark at the Moon. Uh, no More Tears, Diary of a Madman. Number six is Shot in the Dark. Seven is Mama, I'm Coming Home. Uh, eight is Over the Mountain. Nine, Flying High Again. That's one of my favorite Ozzy tunes. And number ten is I Don't Know. There's a lot of great, great music in there. And then one last story. In Rolling Stone's ongoing video series, The First Time... Bruce Springsteen gives a personal look into some of the most life-changing musical experiences. In the clip, the boss talks about the first time he heard uh, the Beatles, Bob Dylan, Hank Williams, and punk, among other things. But I liked this story. Bruce recalled back in 1980, the first night he ever heard the crowd sing the first verse of Hungry Heart back to him. A long-standing tradition at every show that it's performed at now, but at the time he remembers the first time it happened. Oh, really? He said it was one of the most awful-sounding places I've ever been in, <laughs> and he doesn't indicate what the venue was. He said, we did a sound check, and it sounded, he said, it didn't even sound bad. It wasn't even good enough to sound bad. That's how bad it was. And so I figured this is going to be nothing but a disaster. But that night, we kick in a hungry heart, and the entire audience sang it back, and it ended up being an incredible show. And from that point on, he said, this is way pre-internet. People sang that show, every that song, every single night. What's the best sing-back song in rock? The best <laughs> version, or I should say not the best, my favorite version is um, is uh, Tom Petty uh, and um, Breakdown. Oh, okay, when, when yeah. The, when the, the crowd just starts singing it, and they sing the first half of the song. The batik, and it's, it's, and it's on, spot on. It, it blew one of my, my mind. Favorite live versions when I saw like and they do. We were at um, what was it the tw- whatever it was whatever iteration of it was uh, if it was the tweeter or Susquehanna whatever v- v- you know uh, the, 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 the shed the, outdoors you know, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the place in Jersey yeah. uh, so whatever it was at that time uh, we were with a whole bunch of people the the median age I guess of the crowd. Very young, very young, and I'm thinking of these. Oh, for Tom Petty, for Tom Petty, I'm okay. like they're not going to know this, yeah. and they sang it verbatim at that part. And my wife and I, oh man, this is awesome. Yeah, they were loving it. Yeah, you're gonna put me out of a job. Yeah, I love it, uh, and and the crowd just goes insane. Do you guys have any that come to mind? Well, Better Man has become that for Pearl Jam. It's, it's sing along at this point, and it's it's uh, any song that where the audience sings back though, I, I get chills. It's great. Yeah, so they'll sing it from from the the very. Yeah, Eddie will, word. Eddie will play solo guitar a little bit, and then the entire audience sings along. Okay, nice. They're good. They're they're. That's always a good moment. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, if the crowd is off, it can suck. But for the most right. part, it's it's always uh, it's always cool. Yep. All right, uh, and that is what I have. I think it's going to be a little while before the. Oh wait, no, it's going to kick in in just yeah. a second here. It's got about maybe five more seconds. And... Ten more seconds. Is it ten more seconds? What? Well, time is money. Ah, forget it. Oh, no! Okay. <laughs> and I think they think it's going to end there. Yeah. 
you're like, oh, we got to keep singing. And they take it. No, nobody told me. <laughs> it's great. Some people oh, singing the backup part. <laughs> cool. You don't quite get that during a Zoom concert. No. <laughs> the next yeah. time we got it, we got to hear the "Put Me Out of Job" line. It lets it breathe. Put me out of the job. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. All right, and that is all in a music and news this morning. Let us take a break. We will return with the letter of the day. We will give away a tattoo, a free tattoo. Uh-huh. If you have not uh, texted yet, tattoo at WMMR.com. Do it now. Last chance to do it because we're going to give this away $350 gift certificate from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing at 1729 South Street in Philly. And we'll also tell you how you can win $1,000 on Thursday morning. You will need the information. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. We have reached the end of our broadcast day. I have some thank yous and things like that to do, but I want to give away something first. Oh! Uh, It's Tattoos Day, don't you know? We have people texting in all morning long, so I'm going to announce the winner of Tattoos Day right now, if you don't mind, a little musical accompaniment. Oh, yeah! Call. Uh, so, that. congratulations to Cassandra DeMarco in, in Marlton, New Jersey. And uh, Cassandra has gotten herself $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. I like the name Cassandra. Uh, I do, too. I've always liked that. Uh, it's presented by, well, already said them, Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. Uh, 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. For artwork samples, visit floatingworldtattoos.com or you can check them out on Instagram at Floating World Tattoos. So, uh, and who's providing these tattoos, Preston? Uh, Floating World. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, I've seen some samples of work. Great stuff, man. Excellent tattoo Excellent. artwork. So thank you. Uh, Brett Porsche is hey. into the studio. Good How do morning. You do? Doing well. How are you doing? Wonderful, Excellent. Man. Excellent. Happy um, to see you. We need to do the letter, so let's dive right in. Yeah. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. And the Preston and Steve show brought to you today by the letter. By the letter A as an angry young man. We have ten vinyl albums. I just did the drum cover uh, that song. Yeah. <laughs> ten vinyl albums, including recent releases from Pearl Jam, Metallica, and a signed copy of The Struts, Young and Dangerous, in honor of Record Store Day. And this year, Record Store Day is being celebrated properly distanced through a series of Record Store Day drops. Uh, Saturday is the second of the three designated dates. You can support your local record store this Saturday. We will give that away on Friday. By the way, last time I I'd mentioned my drum covers in my YouTube page, I wanted to get to 2,000 uh, subscribers. I have almost... 20, I have over 2,300 now. Uh, 2,300. So they did You're it. bigger than PewDiePie. Now I want 3,000. I am bigger than PewDiePie, aren't I? <laughs> He's only got like... A couple million. 2,200. No. Uh, so if, you, if, you, if you're interested in seeing my drum videos, I just chopped together a new one. I won't release it for a few more days, but... You tease, but you, you, you update your content, which is critical to, uh, you know, to keeping your subscribers happy. I want to keep them happy. So you can, you can uh, search Preston Elliott... 
uh, on YouTube, and you'll find my channel, and then you can subscribe. Thank you very much if you do that. May I mention something? You may, of course, please. Uh, The Max Fund thing that's going on with Arm & Hammer, they're matching, they have a donation program. I just want to throw this in here because we're getting a lot of traction. Basically, they've offered up $5,000 as a match if we can raise $5,000 for Max Fund. This is Arm & Hammer. Of course, they make the greatest kitty litter in the world. We use it. We use a lot of it. The money raised is going to go directly to fund TNR, the voucher program with Forgotten Cats. This helps community cats in the Philadelphia area. Max Fund, my wife's charity, is behind this. And uh, Arm & Hammer is committed to helping cats find caring pet parents to animal shelters. You can learn more at felinegenerous.com. We love them to death. You can find all the information on Preston and Steve or maxfund.com. But if you have a couple extra bucks and you can donate, obviously, there's a lot of charities out there. We'd love to have you do it. And then they'll match that and we'll get ten grand for the kitties in the area. So Wonderful. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Our pleasure. And, oh, we should... Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. We now have oh, a side-by-side God. photo. What? Holy crap. Bill, I told you. <laughs> of Bill Weston and Matthew Modine. It's How Bill's twin. close are they in appearance? That's pretty close. Isn't that wild? Can we get the blue lettering uh, superimposed on Bill's shirt? I don't know. I think we've like, already posted this, so oh. it's already on our, our, our uh, Instagram account. There Kudos needs, to Bill for wanting to really sell it. There needs to be... A ancestry test done, like yeah. a DNA test. They, they may have been separated at birth. Seriously. Should yeah. we also go for full frontal nudity? Well, yes. before Marissa, Marissa's like, all right, we're going to take a picture. And Bill goes, oh, I'm going to take my shirt off. Yeah. Because he had an overshirt on and he had yeah. a white undershirt underneath. And I was like, oh, my God, Bill's going to take his shirt off for this photo. Want to make sure you can see my balls. Yeah. <laughs> You got to see this picture. Go to wow. our Instagram account. That's that's uncanny, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. damn close. Pre- it's pretty close. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, I want to thank Matthew Modine for being on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket is available now on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray combo pack. And uh, he was such a super nice guy. Uh, also, thank you to Jim Curtin. Yeah. yeah. Philadelphia Union head coach. They are playing uh, tomorrow night against Cincinnati. They're currently in second place in the Eastern Conference. He set out at like 26 teams, second place. They're doing great. Winningest team in Philadelphia right now. (laughs) Uh, Brett Porsche, what's up on the show? On the show today, we're celebrating some birthdays. Today's Joan Jett's birthday. You mentioned that earlier, so we're going to be doing a block. It's also David Coverdale's birthday, so we're going to be playing some uh, live stuff and some covers. And it's uh, the 22nd anniversary of Goo Goo Dolls' Dizzy Up the Girl, so we're going to be playing selections from that. Nice. It's a great album. And it's Tuesday. Double shots all damn day. Ooh. Love it, man. Brent's got you covered, man. Uh, let's see. Real quick reminder. Giving away $1,000 on Thursday. The question that you need to be able to answer. There's three of them all together. Today's question for the show. I can see your voice. Uh, which singer brags about being in a punk band? So I've, I've explained it a thousand times a day. And I'm if you don't know now, that's enough. So there you go. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, the President Steve Show brought to you today by Acme Markets. Fresh food. Uh, local flavors. Also... Uh, Duncan, the official coffee of the President Steve Show, and Meineke doing car care right. Tomorrow morning, uh, it's Wednesday, so we go live on Fox Good Day. We'll have a secret text word, and uh, we'll have plenty of things to talk about. That is it. We are done. Rage on and have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Line. Okay, stop calling me vagina face. Got it? My name happens to be Bob, and I am a human being! Next message. Hey, jabronis, I'm still laughing at something you guys said. If you want to terrify your boss or your IT department at work, <laughs> Google for <laughs> <laughs>
Next message. Ah, uh, you know what I love? Summer wind. It's warm. It's nice. Beach. Anything with summer. You know what I hate? When I wake up and it's 40 degrees out. You winter. You're not even here yet. You're pissing me off. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR Rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.